That's the sound of a day starting out right. I hear it every time my new Toro Z-Master 4000 Zero Turn starts up. With big-time horsepower, giant voodoo track tires, turbo-force deck, and comforts like MyRide and USB ports, it's fully loaded to mow all day long while delivering that signature Toro cut. From start to finish, this beast means business. Get your Z-Master 4000 today. Toro. Count on it. Welcome in to DC On Screen. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hey! Uh, we are the show about all the DC Universe properties brought to film and television, and oh my gosh, they just dumped a whole bucket load on on it uh, on us this week, man. Um, yep. I don't even know what to think about all this stuff. Like, you guys, man, I mean, I'm, I don't know, I'm probably going to miss some stuff. <laughs> Let's put it this way. There's so much that got dumped, and some of it doesn't make sense with each other. So over the next couple of weeks, we're just going to figure this out together. Yeah, but i uh, going to do our best here um, with the time we have. Uh, first off, some lighter fare. I know that there was, uh, there was a whole bunch of Justice League stuff, primarily, that was just dumped. But um, yeah, DC All Access was talking to Kevin Conroy. Mm-hmm. And they asked him uh, what he, if there was any like big project he wanted to do before he stopped being Batman, and he says he wants to do a Batman musical. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did he have one in mind? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think he's the writing type. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I'm going to pitch a title for that right now: Cowardly Lot. Ooh. Wait, didn't they do that on? Uh... The animated series? Wasn't there an episode where they, there was like a Batman musical or something? Yep, there was a glimpse. There was just, just a glimpse of, of one where they sang the sign, uh, the, the line like Superstitious and Cowardly Lot. And I want the rest of that song and I want the rest of that show. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Warner Brothers, and they did this a while ago. I've been seeing these pop up on, on the internet for a while. Um, for some reason, it's suddenly gained traction. And... Um, and Warner Brothers has released new posters for the Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher Batman movies. What's mm-hmm. funny about them, they're all like kind of modernized. They tried to modernize them a little bit. Um, it's like Batman and the Joker and then Batman and the Penguin and Catwoman. Hmm. But they're trying to make them look dark and gritty. Mm-hmm. So for the Batman Forever, they just had like Batman and two buildings. Because <laughs> they didn't want to show those villains. <laughs> <laughs> they just imitate like the dark Knight rises cover <laughs> kind of not really but i mean they it's like dark skies and like you know gloomy gotham behind and the funny thing is it's like it doesn't even really look like gotham it just kind of looks like two random buildings in a city it was it was two city. random building or two it, probably two buildings they thought might work in whatever city they were in right and and let me let me un, then, let me let me pull up the curtain here get behind the <laughs> the, the veil there's nothing gritty in that movie, kids. The, the the gloomiest thing that happens in that movie is the lack of acting. And uh, so Sam's Carrie. Batman and Carrie gets a pass. For, <laughs> for Batman and Robin, they have like a very angry looking Mr. Freeze behind George Clooney, and they've recolored George Clooney's suit. It's like out and out, just faking what the color of this movie is. They have it's a dark and gloomy cover with a Mr. Freeze behind Clooney, and Clooney they've recolored his suit from blue to black. Oh. I'm like, you 
lying shits. You pricks. You want to make me? You want to? You want to bring on a, a a setting of despair and and uh, like in, in, intractable sadness? You show me a close up of all the nipples in that movie, mm-hmm. or just like any picture of Uma Thurman acting. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had we recently had to watch Batman and Robin uh, because. Uh, we are actually going to do a uh, crossover event with the Suicide Squad cast yeah. um, in just a few days. So yeah. uh, be looking forward to that. Cause, uh, I'm going to give you my, my, my quick preview for it. Ready? Genitalia <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> Poor Tim tried watching it three times. Oh, man. You, gotta, you just got to power yeah. through, bud. Yeah. You, I mean, you, you have to sit there. Like, I... There's probably about five minutes of the film I didn't see because I just like had my head buried in my hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just shaking, going, oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Oh, it's just so bad. I have about a half a page of notes, and they're all from like the first like five minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I went, you know what? This is going to be too much. I just, <laughs> I got I this. Can't, I can't take notes. <laughs> I can't take notes. This is just too bad. It's too bad. I'm going to have to wait for the back-to-school sales at Walmart before I can get enough paper to accurately note this movie. <laughs> uh, I was more concerned with the fact that it was going to take me five and a half hours, most likely, to oh, yeah, keep would've... pausing and writing down notes. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't pause for shit. There was no way. Like, it's it's a sprint. It's a sprint to get through that thing. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. Uh, we are going to be doing a, uh, a big crossover event. Uh, review part one on the Suicide Squad cast feed part two on the uh dc on screen feed uh where we review batman and robin uh it is coming in the very near future speaking of future mm-hmm. that futuristic is the uh theme for our loot crate mm-hmm. this month see what i did there i did i did i'm smooth mm-hmm. that was um that was an epic epic segue right <laughs> uh June's crate is full of futuristic items from Rick and Morty, Futurama, Star Trek, Mega Man, Valiant Comics, and and there's a uh, oh uh, there's there's a model, there's a figure, there's a monthly tea and a pen. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. For less than twenty dollars a month, you get six to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, one of a kind items, and more. You have until the nineteenth at nine p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the when the cutoff happens, that's it. You're done. It's over. You can't get this one anymore. This one's a particularly good one. Go to oh, yeah. lootcrate.com forward slash giant size team up and enter the code giant size team up uh, to get three dollars off your monthly subscriptions. I'd get it. Any new subscription, by the way. Really, just for Futurama at this point. It's hard to find good uh, Futurama swag these days. Yeah, but if you're like gonna get a box, man, Futurama, that's a sell right right there. I mean, that's but Rick and Morty and Star Trek. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, you had me at Futurama and Rick and Morty, because yeah. <laughs> you know I like my weird animated shows. Right. I You would have me at Rick, just from the hopes that it was Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems like a waste to use Rick and Morty on Futuristic, because at some point they're going to do, like, interdimensional, and then, what, do you just throw Rick and Morty back in there again? Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, absolutely you do. I mean, you can still fun, you can still put Futurama in there if you want to. A little episode well, called yeah. Fonsworth Parabox. <laughs> Every year you can do that. But 510. Yeah, I, I mean, there are a finite you know, number of IPs. I, I, I would assume that they would just, you know, recycle. Sure. What would really suck is if, you know, and I, I sincerely hope this is the case because I'm going to feel like shit. Let me know. Any of you guys <laughs> that do this, let me know. Is it like, you know, 
Someone go ahead and do this really quickly, and then let me know if it's like, I don't know, the shitty, like, J.J. Abrams Star Trek. <laughs> you just don't want to get, like, seven Into Darkness figures. Right. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. It's like, they're, they're finally trying to pawn off all those Playmates Star Trek action figures. Just give the man um, a Spock. Give the man a Spock. <laughs> Alrighty, so um, I guess we're we're going to talk about Justice League now, as well as we can. You're, is, they is released your, a logo. Is your seat comfortable? You, you sit down. You comfy. You're yeah. Good. Yeah. And you know what? Stick around because yeah. uh, we got a whole we're, bunch. We're of We're going to be here a minute. Shoot. We got a yeah, BVS, Suicide Squad, Arrow, Flash. Oh my gosh. Oh, there's a, there's a ton uh, of the rest of it, but Justice League alone is just kind of a, like settle in, settle in, guys, and wait for us to be sixty percent right. right because this just came out, <laughs> and it's it's still kind of weird. Yeah. Okay. Like we just yeah, started I've, dating I, this news. We're not sure about it. We just kissed the yeah. other time. Yeah. They actually like reported some stuff, and then it was updated, and Warner Brothers was like, "That's not true," and they're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry." Mm-hmm. Um, so they released a logo. It was a uh, it was just Justice League on a black background, uh, white lettering. It's got like a little star there, of course. And you've seen this logo. Yep. Uh, what did you think? Like people are bitching about it. People don't like it. Like some people don't. Like a, a lot of people just don't give a shit either way. They're like, oh, that's fine. Whatever. It's Justice League. What, what the hell do you want? I, yeah. I, they. I mean, they don't need a flashy. Here, here's my argument for the logo. Some people are saying like, well, it's just it's just kind of lame, right? Like it's just really straightforward. It's kind of plain. You're the Justice League. You have bigger shit to concern yourself with than your graphic design. You don't have a PR guy. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> I was more or less just like, okay, what? Well, I mean, why, why are we even that worried about the logos? I mean, I don't, I don't think I've looked at like one comic book movie logo and went, oh, oh I'm never gonna watch that. Or yay, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I kind of like it actually. Um, it's got the little star in it and uh, in, the, in the negative space, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it reminds me of the little stars in Super Friends. That's nice. Little stars in space that like shoot out and boom, 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 and then you hear the dude be like, "Meanwhile, out the hall of justice." <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm there's weird, some. Though. It's there's it's something about the way they do the angles on. Uh, it's, it's the cut of it, especially on the J and the, the couple of the E's and definitely the S's. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got that little cut on the the pieces of it that keep reminding me of a like a it's like a cheap Green Lantern. Huh. Yeah, I don't see that. I, I I look at the word Justice League and then I see like a forty five degree angle and I'm looking for like a lantern somewhere. Uh huh. I, I would I would be looking for an X, but we know Martin Manhunter's <laughs> not there, so <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It it um I don't yeah. think there is an actual like I was like I don't think there is actually a definitive uh J L A or Justice League uh logo. Um I mean so I mean, there's the, kind the old of school the one? Justice League of America. There is like the Justice League of America, the old school one has it's it's you know Justice League America, blah blah blah, all you know red and blue, and then there's like stars uh-huh. down the side of each side of it. Yeah, most Justice League logos have like a little bit of star edge, at least in the old old versions. Um, yeah, so, I mean, and this one does too, so I'm good because they can't really do of America so much anymore. No, and, and I mean it's. A, and they shouldn't. No, it's the it's, Justice League of the world. Yeah. Um, 
A, it never made sense. B, if you pull in like Justice League International, there's going to be a bunch of people that come out of the woodworks going like, no, it was a whole different team, you ass. Okay, uh-huh. I got you. All right, sorry, sorry, sorry. But, mm-hmm. you know, the the one little star kind of hanging out in there is a nice little, it's an odd. It's it's literally yeah. a wink, hiding in negative space. I like it. It's just fine. What, do you want the new so, 52 uh, logo? Come on. So they released a synopsis. Uh... Fueled by his restored faith in humanity and inspired by Superman's selfless act. Spoilers for BVS. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what you want. I mean, it comes out like tomorrow, today when you're listening to this. Go get it. Right. Uh, Bruce Wayne enlists the help of his newfound ally, Diana Prince, to face an even greater enemy. Together, Batman and Wonder Woman work quickly to find and recruit a team of metahumans to stand against this newly awakened threat. But despite the formation of this unprecedented League of Heroes, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, and The Flash, it may already be too late to save the planet from an assault of catastrophic proportions. People are a little upset that Superman was not mentioned well, lineup. yeah, I mean, it's they're part of the. It's either going to be a little bit or a lot. I don't know, but Henry Cavill was definitely on set. I mean, we saw pictures of him and sure. Affleck, you know, bench pressing together. <laughs> um, I mean, he's definitely yeah. there, and he so he's presumably in part one. We just don't know for what, to what extent. None of that. Yeah, apparently at this press, at this uh, this press visit or whatever, the set visit that all the press went to, mm-hmm. uh, Henry Cavill wasn't around. And they didn't see anything. What they did see were a whole bunch of things. Like, uh, um, they said they were uh, on set day 31 of 111. Um, Deborah Snyder said it's not a two-part no- two part movie. It's just one movie. But they saw stuff like, uh, let's see, three mother boxes. Apparently there are going to be three mother boxes um, that were, like, divided up between all of humanity. Like, one gets, Am- <laughs> like, mankind gets one, the Amazonians get one, and, uh, the Atlanteans get one and uh, they're pretty distinctive in color and uh, design red, silver, and brownish. Um, I mean, it looked like from the, from BBS kind of looked like cyborg got one or a couple. Yeah. I'm guessing that's the one that humanity has. So, but um, um, thing is though, is like, they're also like they, they saw a scene with the, with most of the justice league on a, on a rooftop with Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Uh, played by J.K. Simmons. Mm-hmm. Apparently he, he's, he's J.K. Simmons. Right. But he's wearing like an overcoat. He's wearing a hat. He's got the mustache and the glasses and everything. boy. And they're talking about these scientists who have been kidnapped or taken. And uh, at some point, like, Cyborg shows up and, like, walks over. And apparently this, like, really makes Wonder Woman happy. She's, like, smiling and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, probably because they were like, hey, come join the league. And he was like, if y'all... And mm-hmm. then he decided, like, no, I have to do what's right. And he mm-hmm. comes, and he's like, by the way, there's this Star Labs guy who's missing, too. And she's all like, yay. <laughs> um, and apparently they all, like, disappear, and the Flash is all, the only one standing there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, like, talking to Gordon. He's like, dude, did they just do this? That's they just, rude. They just, like, disappear on you like that? That's, that's rude. <laughs> and then he zips um, off. It's, it's the classic so, little, like, Gordon turns around and uh, for half a second turns back and no one's there. Yeah. And, you know, I, uh, I, I'm kind of, I'm really digging with what I'm hearing about uh, the flash out of this. Mm-hmm. So far, man, there's it's a been, scene. It's been fun. There's, yeah. There's a scene that's been, that's been described. It's been like described to the, to the letter. Um, but they even said it's not, it's probably not going to be exactly this way. So um, yeah, they, Either this guy's about to lose his job, like the guy who described it, I 
uh, we, I mean, we we posted a link to it on the site, but mm-hmm. the guy who oh, did basically. that either just lost all of his media credentials or they told him, yeah, it's okay to describe it letter for letter. I, I mean, I think that's what the whole point of this is, is to show that there's a different tone going on, which there was yeah. always a different tone. However, we were wrong. They like Snyder and Warner Brothers aren't just going f- whatever BVS could be. D- could, you know, who cares what it did? Um, <laughs> I just kind of you know, based on all the uh, on how much Warner Brothers has has ignored people in mm-hmm. the past, the fans in the past. I just assumed no, they're going to do whatever they want. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, it looks like it looks like it's going to be a good thing. I can. I, I can. Happened, I can still make an argument that. Mm-hmm. Um, Snyder and Co. Was that will that sum it uh, up enough to do it? Snyder and Co. Sure. Uh, kind of always had the plan to make Dawn of Justice the darker before the dawn moment, as we've said many that, times. That that is that is documented, and they always did intend for that. Um, before Batman v Superman even came out, Chris Terrio was was talking about that. We reported on that on the show that it was supposed to be a lot uh, more fun happened. and all that. Uh, he specifically stated that BVS was the Empire Strikes Back of the trilogy. Yeah, um, and that Justice League was going to be much lighter in tone. There's, um, there's a, how much lighter in tone may or may not have changed. Like we knew it was supposed to at least bounce like it, back yeah. a little bit. Um, but there's, I, I don't know, man. I, I could make a conspiratorial argument that it was always going to bounce back into the movie. It's going to be now. But after all the reviews came out, they kind of told Snyder and Co. Hey, y'all, y'all got to go do some press. Y'all got to do, like, I don't care. I don't care how proud you are of what you did and how proud you are of what you're doing. You got to go make, like, just pretend you're contrite. Just get out right. there and pretend. Just just go say you're sorry, and you're going to change and all that. I don't care. Well, Snyder said, you know, when uh, Batman v Superman first came out, I was like, wow, okay, oof. It did catch me off guard. I, I kind of felt like, and I have to. Had to, I have had to, in my mind, make an adjustment, and maybe it is my hardcore take on characters as far as I love them, and I love the material. I do. I take it really deep, so I think the nice thing about working on Justice League is that it is an opportunity to really blow the doors off the scale, and the bad guys, and team building, and all the stuff that I think I could justify as a big modern comic book movie, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Not all of it makes a lot of sense. He He might need to work on complete sentences well it sounded like a run on to some extent <laughs> it's like he started like four sentences in there and then like finished with like three others and i was like yeah okay. yeah but whatever man we all do that um, when we're talking yeah i getting oh, quoted man. is a bitch it is it sucks i love you zach <laughs> <laughs> i mean i just as I, a I, human i feel bad for him there like you, I hate you to sit there and diagram someone's sentence when they've been quoted. It yeah. is it is not pretty. I truly hope uh, I truly hope that no one ever just you know transcribes what I say right on this podcast. Just don't or in no, general don't do that. Of course, if someone had to, Chris White, I think I got a job for you, buddy. Go for it. Um, <laughs> we require every episode of DC on screen to be transcribed. Still waiting and for that written. back count of Futurama references. But- one day. In leather bound. In leather bound. <laughs> Calligraphy. Calligraphy, yeah. Yeah. With anyway. the charts on graphing paper. Now, as far as like the fallout from BBS, I guess there was fallout. And Deborah Snyder to. is saying, and I do, I, ha- I take issue with this, and we've talked about this already, but Deborah Snyder says, I think the main thing we learned is that people don't like to see their heroes deconstructed. I, she said, I think that's hard because it's... <laughs> It's people we've grown up with and we care about. They like seeing them in all their glory. Um, 
we hear what everyone has to say because we care what the fans say. At the same time, each story that we're telling is a completely different story, and I think what's really great is we're going to... Uh, what's really great is where we're going is kind of what the audience wanted. We just had to take the characters from somewhere to bring them up to where they are now. That was kind of our journey. I don't think the issue was that people... If Civil War is any indication, it's not that the fans don't want to see their heroes deconstructed, I think it's, well, maybe that, maybe that is the case with DC fans. I'm not sure. I think the argument is we haven't seen this, these people constructed enough to see them deconstructed. That was, I, that was part of, uh, the, and I would say so much, uh, all right. Civil, Civil War deconstructed a few characters, but, um, say Iron Man. Yeah. Iron Man 2 mm-hmm. was a deconstruction of Iron Man. Right. And it was maybe, Iron Man 3 was a deconstruction of Iron Man. Well, it was, um. Yeah, it was a continuation. Every Iron Man but... has every Iron Man has deconstructed Iron Man. That's actually a good point. Yeah, like Iron Man Two, it deconstructs his uh, kind of his 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 own in a vacuum, his own psychology. And Iron Man Three, it seems mm-hmm. to uh, deconstruct his reliance on the on just his intelligence in general. Like, it, mm-hmm. Is that all he is? Is is that all he's got to offer? Sitting there looking at a a freaking universe, and for all he knows at this point, a multiverse. Of possible baddies, like it, he he says at some point in the in Iron Man three, like I'm just a guy in a tin suit or some crap like that, and like that's uh, yeah that's deconstruction as far as that goes. Um, Iron Man two didn't come across as well because it was deconstructing his ability to cope with pressure. Basically, it was hey, what if he became an alcoholic as a result of the pressure of being a superhero, right? And accidentally killed a ton of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I still I still submit that Iron Man two maybe killed at least a third of the amount of people that the uh, man of steel fight did yeah but um look i'm i'm i didn't bring up marvel to be like marvel versus dc i'm just using it as a comic book movie in general no no no. i'm, I'm doing it in the same yeah. genre i i have no interest okay. in marvel versus dc and like anybody who's you know uh, it, who loves either or both or none of them is fine with me as long as they're freaking listening to this and give a shit about what we're talking about don't care um <laughs> yeah we are an all-inclusive family. But to, to deconstruct them, the problem kind of is that you had Iron Man 1 where you, you got the glory moment, right? And then you got to see, okay, what do we do with this guy? And that's a that's a very popular thing. Like that's That happens a lot. That's mm-hmm. actually a fair amount of television, how it goes down, really. Um, here's the pilot episode. Look at this badass. Okay, we're going to spend the rest, of the rest of the season telling you about the stuff that's bothering him. Fine. Works great on television. Mm-hmm. But in BBS, we had Man of Steel. Where you got an origin story, and then you got um, kind of a kind of a one-off fight, I'll call it. Uh-huh. In a sense, the fight itself was a little bit of a bottle episode. And then Batman, you you had nothing. I mean, you you had nothing to really show what he's doing. All he like he was reactionary to the Superman story, mm-hmm. and in some ways that worked. Like for me, that worked just fine because I have seen the Batman origin so many times. I don't know what to do with right. it anymore. It's never changed because it doesn't have to. It's fine. Mm-hmm. New Fifty Two came except, along, and what did they do? BVS, Nothing. It did change a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, but it's it's not. The skeleton is even right. even some of the flesh is always going to be there because there's no point in changing it. Mm-hmm. It's fine, but yeah, you just got like a glimpse of what this guy is. You didn't get to like settle in with him. Like, it you didn't get to see enough of it, and you didn't get to like feel comfortable with it before you saw it ripped apart. And Man mm-hmm. is still one of the problems was they had already started ripping him apart. Before they brought him into this, like we just saw, uh, like Shark Week in Media Race, like it was, it was just we, we walked in right in the middle of Chum in the Water, 
Mm-hmm. For me, that was fine because I've got all this background of of hey, I love this stuff, and I love like all the the parts where they rip them apart. It, those are all great right. to me. So, like we said before, like this is a movie that pleased us because we've never seen this kind of thing on screen. Like we've seen all the the glory moments, we've never seen the shit moments, and we kind of enjoyed seeing the shit moments. But right, um, and you know, I I think there's a very you know there was a huge uh, swath of the public that that cried, why are they fighting anyway? And never, never really quite understood or cared enough to understand. Yeah. Um, not only that, you know, there's the factor of everyone has an expectation of these characters. Everyone. Marvel Everybody. doesn't have that. Well, especially some um, of the characters they chose, like mm-hmm. Captain America's obvious. Like you expect him to be like patriotic, kind of boy scoutish. But after well, that, yeah, like, think about the well, people until recently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now he's apparently an agent of Hydra or whatever. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I don't know what to do with Captain Nazi yet. We're gonna see where that goes. But yeah, I get, yeah. Um, think about the people in the Avengers: Hawkeye, uh, mm-hmm. Black Widow. I mean, okay, so spies and uh, they're both great with weapons. Got it. But there's not like a yeah. national feeling about those characters. Thor, right? Man, no one has a national thing feeling about that character except now everyone thinks Thor's hot. I understand. Mm-hmm. It's Chris Hemsworth. We, we get it. Sure. Uh, the Hulk, sure. everyone kind of knew, hey, don't make him angry. And Iron Man, mm-hmm. completely off the map. No one cared before RDJ played him. Yeah. Like, they started with nothing and gave you a construction yeah. of these characters. And some of the movies weren't great. Go back and look at the ratings for yeah. Captain America 1. Yeah. Not or wonderful. Thor. Or Thor. Incredible Hulk, especially. Oh, God. We've all, we've all but forgiven ourselves too. for even having watched that movie. But um, but the important part, they were instrumental in building a universe, and so was Batman v Superman. And, and they uh, they took each step to like tell you why they're doing this with each character. But they didn't have the expectations on them that DC had and WB had bringing in Batman and Superman, who mm-hmm. together, and this is something people have used against it. Those two characters together are more recognizable than any single person in. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, the collective of persons in the Avengers. If I did a poll and ask you if you knew who these people were and can you tell me their origin story, or at least a version of it, everybody in the Avengers 1, even 2, you wouldn't have a... There's no chance anybody could match Batman and Superman. Maybe even singly. Um, That's that's an entirely different battle. Just an entirely different battle. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, let's see. Snyder talked about tone. He says, I'm obsessed with tone in the movies. Um, Tone has always been like the main thing that I go after with a movie, and I really wanted the tone of the three movies to be different chapters and not be like the same note that you strike. I really wanted that and do believe that since Batman v Superman came out and we really wrapped our heads around what Justice League would be, I did think that the tone has, because of what fans have said and how it was perceived by some, that we have really put the screws to what we thought the tone would be, and I feel like just crushed it, uh, crushed it that even little bit closer. Um, there seems to be a lot of reports like that the flash Ezra Miller's the flash is going to be really the, the infuser of lighthearted moments, uh, here in the justice league. Uh, wonderful. There's a wonderful scene, a scene description involving Zach, uh, sorry, Zach, sorry, Ezra Miller mm-hmm. coming into his, uh, in, into Barry Allen's apartment. And, uh, he's, he's got the, uh, little makeshift flash suit there in the middle of the, of the room there with little lights on it and whatnot. And there's a Bruce Wayne sitting there, <laughs> and uh, he like, makes a crack about. Uh, it looks it, from what I understand, there's two chairs mm-hmm. in the room, and he makes a crack about coming home to find Bruce Wayne sitting in your second favorite chair. Right. Um, he realizes he's looking at the costume, and at some point he says, uh, "I ice skate or something." <laughs> 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 um, Bruce wants you know throws a battering at his head to see how fast he is 
or to see what he does. Yeah. And we see like the, the it goes to bullet time. He sees the battering coming in slow motion, realizes this, that he's Batman. Pulls it out of the end, uh, pulls it out of the air. Bruce is like, "You're fast." Barry goes, "You're Batman." <laughs> and before Batman even makes the complete pitch to get in the Justice uh, to for the Justice League, uh, Barry goes, "I'm in. I need friends." <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, that's that's the the quick rundown of the scene, and yeah. I I kind of love it. I I, I really do. Uh, it um, makes it a lot better. For me, the uh, it softens the blow that the main villain appears to be Steppenwolf. Which... Um, they said they don't they don't have someone, but he's close. That's the uncle of Darkseid. He's kind of like the military leader and everything. Those main lieutenants and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, I'm fine with it. Uh, it does appear that that was the character in the uh, communion deleted scene. Yeah, um, which Snyder says that he they they released. They did not release it because they were like, oh, this will make it make sense. Hurry, put it out there so people understand it and like it better. They put it out because he was like, I wanted to do kind of a deleted scene, but I was like, ah, Marvel does that. And I don't know, it wouldn't fit where I would want to put it because it happens before the ending of the movie. Yeah. Eh, What if we could just put it out this way? So I kind of get that. You don't want to seem like you're copying and also it doesn't really fit behind this credits. It it actually does make sense, and I would appreciate it if he would go ahead and tell me for sure that that's how we're going to do things, so I can not sit around through the credits of the rest of these movies. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to be doing those, but um, that's fine. I mean, it's just you know the Marvel movies uh, you love watching them and everything, but oh my god, oh sitting through the credits sometimes. Yeah, so now we're going to be dealing with parademons in this movie, apparently. <laughs> yes, we are nests of them, and yeah, they're going to have a nest in the tunnel that goes beneath. Uh, Metropolis and Gotham, mm-hmm. and apparently Batman's gonna have like a freaking couple of vehicles in this thing. He's gonna have not only is he, he's got the Batmobile, which they've they've said is gonna have like ma- machine guns and a rocket launcher on it, and I really hope those are for the Parademons. Yeah, I, because that... it was my understanding that he wasn't gonna be a murderous bastard anymore. <laughs> and arguments still can be made about whether he was ever a murderous bastard. Yeah, yeah, he, you know, they, but um, they pretty much played it, played it close to the, uh, you know, let the uh, survival of the fittest take its natural course. <laughs> yeah, I, the 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 <laughs> easiest, the the summation of uh, the, the quickest way to describe the Bruce didn't kill anybody that he wasn't supposed to argument for for this movie was they all shot mm-hmm. first, and even then, I, I realize yeah. I'm I'm subject to a world of ridicule uh, ridicule for even saying that, but. Hey, Han shot first, right? And everyone still liked him. Yeah. You know, I uh I fall on the line of, yeah, Batman was kinda dark this time. Yeah. Yeah. Things got a little got a little bad. Yeah. But rocket launchers but then, and, and machine guns for a nest of parademons. Come on, we can get behind yeah. that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I've never heard anyone bitch about him killing no not I have, but not most people. Most people didn't bitch about him killing everybody in the Dark Knight trilogy. Oh, there were so many dead, did. so many dead people, <laughs> or all the Tim Burton movies. Oh, he didn't kill people. I think there's even a case to be made that he did in Batman and Robin. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, the, the, anyway. there's two scientists. He just hangs out up there like y'all. Okay, cool. Holla at you in a minute. Yeah, I have never seen. Uh, we'll talk about that on the sh- on the Suicide Squad cast crossover. <laughs> 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 um. So 
so yeah, Batman's going to have a couple more vehicles. He's going to have a, uh, God, I don't even know what it was called. What was it called? There was the, uh, there was the Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. which they've only built practically the, like the, 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 uh, the cockpit, like the top of it for, they're going to add, uh, these, like all these legs and, and post, um, the thing that bothers me about that is they said that it's actually going to rip up the terrain and that uh, the designer was saying that he w- imagined it as something like uh, Thomas Wayne had, had envisioned or something for a military contract uh, years prior. Hmm. I, you know, we don't, we don't need our heroes destroying any more of the city. <laughs> well, no, but if it's just a tunnel beneath <laughs> the city really that, like the... Uh, that the parademons yeah. are using. Again, I'm going to argue parademons until yeah. I, I can't. Yeah, I understand. 2017, I bitches. Understand. 2017, hold the straw. <laughs> But it's supposed to be like a, a an all-terrain vehicle that gets to where, you know, normal cars wouldn't be able to. Right. That's fine. He's done um, that before. I mean, Dark Knight Returns. He, this, he drives a tank. Yeah. Then there's this other thing they're mentioning. And I hate to say it's like a Quinjet, but they said it. <laughs> um, this thing's like a Quinjet. It's called the Flying Fox. Mm-hmm. It's a three-story ship that can fit the Batmobile and tons of other Bat gadgets, Collider says. Um, <laughs> it's self-contained. Um, it, apparently it's just massive. There's like, uh, they saw art, uh, art for the movie where it was like showing different Justice League members on different levels of it. Um, so they have a, a quiet flying watchtower for now. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like. Like a, Sounds cool. I would think like a, he- a helicarrier version of a Quinjet. I was kind of thinking it guess. sounds more like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for now. Yeah. The Agents bus, of justice. Know? Yeah. <laughs> um, it was revealed that Willem Dafoe is playing Volko from uh, the Aquaman uh, series. He's, he's oh. sort of an older gentleman, an advisor to Aquaman. Okay. You thought for um, sure he'd be a villain just because, you know, look at him. The man, the man just says, make me a villain. He does. He has got sometimes. one of the most devious looking smiles I've ever seen. <laughs> I assume his that role's got to carry over into Aquaman. Um, oh, I hope so. Defoe's always fun, man. Unless you hide him between, like, hide him behind a goblin mask, he's a lot of fun to watch. Right. Oh, and apparently Zeus has got to be in the movie. Oh, for real? Sir? That actually sounds pretty great. Um, I had something with, with Aquaman though. Weren't there reports a few weeks ago, uh, like rumors that Aquaman might be the villain? Um, yes, there were rumors, but I don't, I don't really see a that that seems to have been discounted by here. the synopsis. Right? Yeah, it does. It does uh, seem to be discounted by the synopsis. I I, I was kind of glad to hear that when I when I when I ran across yeah. the synopsis. I went back and yeah. well, I didn't go back and do anything. That's why I just asked you all that. Right. But yeah, apparently there's going to be like a whole like Zeus part where they're they're doing like uh, like a history lesson, like flashback at the beginning, talking about how we got all the mother boxes and how they like the Atlanteans and mankind and uh, the Amazons fought uh, fought Dark Side. 35,000 years ago or some some such. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. They're just going to um, like I, throw all the mythologies into one basket and and mm-hmm. shake it around and go, all right, here's the story now. Hey, man, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty relieved. Remember when they were when we thought that uh, the Amazons were going to be an offshoot of the Kryptonian colonists? Yep. <laughs> from Man of Steel? Yep. Phew. <laughs> Bullet dodged. <laughs> i know oh i know buddy um so Zack snyder says they have yet to film a scene with all the justice league members together uh the film is being shot 
uh, it's being shot on film, but it's not in IMAX. Hmm. I don't know why. Um, it does seem on. Well, hold on. It feels like a big film, but I, I I haven't seen the numbers on whether there was any like return on the IMAX uh, front. So if there was no return on it, they've still got to build back their momentum. Yeah, okay, makes I, sense. Um, well, Squadcast actually made a pretty good point on this. Um, Scott suggested, I think it was Scott, it may have been Brent, I'm sorry if it was Brent, um, that it might be the fact that there are only so many IMAX cameras in the world and that you have to reserve them in advance. So giant-ass costs? Giant-ass costs, and not only that, they may have just not been able to reserve any. They may have just all been taken. But here's the other thing. Yeah. We reported last week uh, that the Batman v Superman uh, Blu-ray was not going to have the IMAX scenes inserted. Like, it was just going to stay the original aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. I think probably, um, I don't think Zack Snyder likes IMAX. I think he just likes his aspect ratio, you know? <laughs> and I think he went, you know what? Why are we spending this extra money? I don't really want to do this anyway. Hey, Warner Brothers, what say we don't spend this amount of money? Okay, cool. Oh, I, I could <laughs> I could totally if I, understand if he went to somebody and went, hey, so how about instead of I spend my whole day focusing on making sure every freaking aspect ratio of this movie is, is exactly right, how about you let me focus on whether the movie is going to do well? And someone right. someone went, you know, Zach, you have a point. Right, maybe. Yeah. How about you go chase those tomatoes? Mm-hmm. Uh, Junkie XL is coming back to do the score without Hans Zimmer. Hans said he was done, right? Yeah, Hans is done. He uh, he bowed out, and I'm sure like all of the Velas in a world in the world went. <laughs> Zach is saying that Justice League is going to appeal to a younger audience. He says that. Uh... Justice League is much more inclusive. I think also you have these two very young characters, Flash and Cyborg, and you know they're definitely lighter. I think they're going to appeal to a younger audience. Yeah. Um, Felt like he's trying to ring in a little bit of the feel of Teen Titans with those two. Mm. Affleck is saying that uh, Batman and Justice League is more sardonic, has more humor, a little more irony. He's on a little more man on a mission this time uh, as opposed to like he like he was so full of anger because of what happened at the Black Zero event. That kind of character, that sort of rage that possessed him, and now he's on a mission to get this group together. They've uh, likened it to uh, the Magnificent Seven. Um, That's going to be true. I mean, is in that regard, he was uh, in all of BVS. He was on a mission of revenge, essentially, and and this is this is a a hopeful journey he's on now. Mm-hmm. Like he, as much as tells Dine at the end of it, like we have to we have to try. Yeah. Affleck also said this is uh, now not a guy at the end of his rope, but kind of a guy at the beginning, starting over reborn and believing, finding hope, the thing that he's hopeful for, he's hope he's holding on to desperately, and he really believes in this idea of forming this group. Yeah. And it's it's one of my favorite versions of Batman uh, when you get to do him, and it takes a while to do him because you have to have like you have to play it subtly. One of my favorite versions of Batman, it's um Shows up a lot in like BTAS as it goes in through like Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Yeah. But, but he says he's got more of the uh, wry, ironic gallows humor. <laughs> it's not like a ha ha jokey, but that sort of stuff comes out a little bit. A little, uh, a bit of his darker humor is present. Good. I I kind of dig that. No, gallows and, humor uh, actually know. works fine with that. I mean, um, someone asked if if uh, Affle- if uh, Robin, uh, sorry, if. Batman and the Flash were going to share like a sort of Batman and Robin vibe. And Affleck said, that's interesting. There's an element of that to it. There's a quality to really what Ezra does that is young and fun and full of life and excited about what we're do what they're doing. That's so in contrast to who Batman is. There's a little bit of that natural yin and yang to playing scenes with him. 
there's not the ward aspect to it, but there's a little bit of the mentor, which you'd probably ask Ezra and he'd be like, fuck that. He's not my mentor, <laughs> but I think there is a little bit and it's fun to play. Definitely. I like that. I, I also like that he used the ward aspect. Yeah. There, there's nothing, uh, kowtowing, subservient, none, none of that. It's not a sidekick Phil, right? It's just every now and then he's going to be right. And flash is going to be wrong. Yeah. Um, so the flash suit is 148 pieces. Mm-hmm. I like. I'm gonna go ahead and disappoint all the action movie. figure fans out there. It's probably not gonna be 148 pieces when you get it. Mm-mm. If it is, you'll pay about $500 for it. Apparently, there are two versions of the flash suit, though. Oh, cool. There's like his version, and then there's the version that Bruce makes for. Him. Oh, I was hoping you'd say Bat Flash. Yeah. Hey, if we get Iron Spider, we um, get Bat Flash, right? <laughs> <laughs> screw people claiming copies of copies and copies i guess both nom, 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 right nom, nom. um uh, michael wilkinson spoke about it uh <laughs> the costume designer um the suit is more armored and angular and he says okay so when zach and i started talking about the flash he loved the idea that because this is the first time we're establishing this character in our cinematic universe that is kind of like a prototype suit He's discovering his powers. He's working out what this thing is, and he is testing things. Some things work. Some things don't work. Some things are in development. And so this suit is incredibly beaten up. This is a suit that's being assembled. If you look this way, um, that is the full suit, how it appears in the movie. It's a prototype suit. It's something that is designed to protect him when he moves incredibly fast through space. And so we've studied aerodynamics and vehicle design. What moves through space the fastest? We have this sense of rigid pieces at the front that deflect toward the back. There's a sense of a blade-like in a plane wing here and then venting back here. So it all feels very aerodynamic. He's testing different materials. You can see smooth materials like tech materials. We figured he's an incredibly smart, resourceful young man. Kind of sounds Tronish. A little bit. You know what it just reminded me of was Injustice. Oh, yeah, actually. But they said apparently like 70-something 70, 70 of pieces are just the mask, just the headpiece. Jesus. And they assemble it in like five minutes. Oh, Grant like Gustin is going to be pissed. <laughs> I think he probably already is. I mean, yeah, just in general, but... Spend all that time gluing my mask to my face, and oh. this guy gets 48 pieces? Yeah, I forgot about this point, pieces, or this part. Uh, back on the uh, the rooftop with Gordon in the Justice League? Yeah. That's a weird saying. Apparently, uh, some yeah. like Wonder Woman says, says the word parademon, mm-hmm. and Gordon looks confused by it, and Batman deadpans flying monkeys. That's awesome. Right? That is just straight up awesome. I mean, it's it, it makes as much sense as anything else. Yeah. But yeah, the Parademons are looking for other boxes, apparently. All right, so they've got to find three. All right, so if that's part of the story, then there are three mother boxes. Linus has one. Um, Themyscira has one. And Humanity has one. Mm-hmm. If they're looking for all three, are we talking about Cyborg being like a focus of this film? Or are the, the, are the Parademons not going to realize that he hit is essentially a mother box? Because I've got to be convinced know, that that little clip is not a mother box taking him over. I don't think it's a mother box taking him over. I think it's a mother box repairing or reanimating him, him essentially. I mean, it technology. Yeah. I don't I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's... it might be mother box technology, but it's probably not the mother box. You think it might be a knockoff? No, I'm saying, I think the mother box repairs him with its own technology, but I don't think the mother box, I don't think he is a mother box. I think the mother box just created him or helped create him. It, 
I will be able to watch it again literally tomorrow, but it, it looked a hell of a lot like the mother box that was there. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Maybe assimilated yeah, itself know. into him, and if that's the case, the cyber yeah. movie has a lot of legs now. So does well, the what Aquaman. If it just movie. you know procreated. <laughs> Where are you going to find a father box these days, Dave? <laughs> um, Affleck says there's uh, definitely more. Ro- there's definitely room for more humor, and um, apparently joked that uh, his multiple pounds of leather made him envious of Ray Fisher's uh, silk pajamas. <laughs> Um, he also said DC movies are, I think by their nature, still a little more Gothic or a little more mythic rather than some DC, uh, than some comic book movies are. Uh, but BVS was a dark, uh, a heavy dark movie because it was really rooted in dark Knight returns, which is a heavy dark book. This movie is yeah, not great. that it's not multi, uh, what are these? What multi materialism? Jeez. I don't even know that word. <laughs> I, I got nothing. I got nothing. Multi materialist. Uh, sorry. That's beyond me, man. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm sorry, everyone. I failed you all. I, I'm going to go ahead and um, put all my cards in the top. I've got a minor in philosophy, and I, I still don't have a fucking clue what he's talking about. Yeah. I'm going to actually I actually want to know what that is. I'll look it up later. That'll be me and some Wikipedia happening here in a bit. Not going to try to go down that road right now. Multilateral diplomacy is defined as the practice of involving more than two nations or parties in achieving diplomatic solutions to supernatural supranational problems this article begins by describing the many functions performed by multilateral diplomacy wait do you Is say multilateral that i still don't diplomacy? know what it means i, I thought you said multi <laughs> i thought you said multi-materialism for some reason no 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 multilateralism oh multilateralism yeah i think i just said it wrong the first time that'll happen guy because yeah that'll happen because we're terrible yeah I still don't know what it means. I still didn't know what that meant. <laughs> anyway, moving on from the embarrassment. I know what, I know what <laughs> lateral thinking is, and then past that, that's my last clue. Oh, okay, I get it. Anyway. It's describing House of Cards, though, I think. Mm. So let's see. Where, where do we leave off here? <laughs> There's so much stuff. God, movies? We left off in movies. I don't I don't freaking know. Uh, I went over that. We've been at this for an hour, and I still... I still think we're talking about Justice League. We are talking about Justice League. See, uh, Affleck says Batman is trying to redeem himself. Batman definitely went to a very dark place that was rooted in trauma that occurred to people that he loved and worked with and what he saw. This movie is not about that issue for him so much anymore. He's no longer sort of extreme in that way. From the experiences of the last movie, he sort of learned, and now he's sort of wanting to redeem himself and wanting mankind to be redeemed, and he's wanting to make the world better. Um, Snyder talked about um the uh, critical response to BVS and his failure to reach 1 million or 1 billion dollars worldwide um he says he doesn't feel any added pressure when it comes to Justice League he said I had a great time making the movie and I don't think that Warner Brothers when we were shooting the movie that there was some sort of corporate mandate to get Batman and Superman in the movie Chris and I kind of had that idea and then it just so happened that that was a way toward Justice League and it came along at a great time for us as the studio was moving forward with the other DC titles and getting the DCU to exist. But I don't think the birth of Superman, uh, Batman v Superman was like some corporate conspiracy to sell tickets or do whatever. Uh, I think it just became this great vehicle that had a lot of focus uh, put on it because of where it ended up in the timeline. Um, let's see. Star Trek Build-A-Bear Collection sets, favors, fa- sets phasers on Cuddly. <laughs> That's uh, not related, but that is a link for my own personal use later. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> 
Go forth. <laughs> Anyone who thought, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Justice League mo- will stand on its own. It's not going to be part one. Uh, there's not going to be a part two. There will be a sequel, but not a part two. Um, it's one complete movie. I do kind of like that. Yeah, I, I prefer that. Um, I mean, I'm going to be like, sorry. I'm going to be pretty um, conflicted when um, like Infinity War comes out. Yeah? Yeah, because it's, right now they've still got it listed as part one and two. And, oh man, I hate seeing a part one and waiting a year and some change for a part two. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll want to just hang out and wait on that. And, and I'll know, I'll know for sure I really can't do that. I mean, I can't. Yeah. No way. Uh, Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder did say that uh, Justice League owes a lot to Jack Kirby. I mean, you know, obviously. Right. Um, he says Kirby's crazy in a great way, and there's a lot of influence. You know, the new God stuff. We were digging on that, and man, you're gonna get a granny goodness, I bet. <laughs> and that's, the, <laughs> and that's the mother boxes and that sort of apocalyptic world and all that. I don't know if I can call it weird. Uh, the kind of scopy sci-fi cool. What I think is fun stuff i think inherently when you start to talk about a bad guy that would justify the justice league you have to have a good threat that's fun and kind of crazy right mother boxes are always fun dc weird tech you know yeah pretty much um i mean the the ultimately the justice league you can either have a lot of like terrestrial villains or you can have one or more extraterrestrial villains mm -hmm. but there's not a lot of people on earth that can really justify having all those dudes in one room fighting him <laughs> eh, maybe looking at you chemo <laughs> <laughs> like luther on his best day still has to like leverage several other several other people against him or with him against them against them mm. oh here's something mm. here's something big mm. uh <laughs> they uh they asked Zack snyder <laughs> Zack snyder wouldn't say how superman comes back and they asked him well how's his hair when he gets back <laughs> and uh, Zack Snyder said should be perfect a little longer I guess that's what the myths are anyway <laughs> so super mullet we're gonna get... <laughs> you're gonna tell us right now is he gonna look like he belongs in a leather jacket is he gonna look like that or not uh... <laughs> uh, apparently we are, we are gonna see Cyborg as a civilian in Justice League um, he's going to be able to cloak his appearance so that he can function in the world um, according to Michael Wilkinson, the costume designer, he says practical effects would be this. The face is Ray Fisher. Um, we can see him, uh, sorry, we see him a lot also as a civilian. You can see, uh, here at the top, how he disguises himself and we'll see some sweatsuit action. Hmm. Yeah. Um, the Atlanteans, let's see, the Atlanteans and the Amazonians are being described here, their costumes. Um, the Amazons, the Amazonians, I guess, the, uh, look apparently fiercely feral with simple leathers and cloths hiding little skin or their blades and arrows. And uh, they said that, that, I think that was for the flashback sequence, like 35,000 years ago or whatever. Right. Um, and then they were actually talking about the Atlanteans. Let me find that. Apparently, uh, Amber Heard is going to have red hair as Queen Mera, and she was like Deborah Snyder did actively say she is still Queen Mera. Uh, they're not firing her. Um, okay. Volko Willem Dafoe is going to wear a have a silvery aesthetic, um, and let's see. All the Atlanteans have a translucent and elastic armor of different colors that, when backlit, glow like the gnarliest fish living in the Mariana Trench. So bioluminescent glow. 
Yeah. They're Looks all like going to look like Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Looks like it, bye. Looks like it. Uh, Zack Snyder talked about his fil- his uh, reasons for uh, <laughs> uh, Superman being kind of a morose character He's, in previous films. He said, I wanted to get to a Superman that had a reason to be Superman, you know? Like a reason to feel the way he felt about humanity or the way that we all understand from the comic books as far as his moral compass goes. He's pretty much uh, been... But I feel like he has, or he had to go through something to be that. And I'm not saying he shows up in this movie. <laughs> so hmm. yeah. that the last part's the most interesting to me. Like I completely agree about every part of what he just said. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm pretty sure he's he's showing up in the movie. He may or not be. I mean, like I, I liked his idea on this one that hey, maybe he wasn't always Superman. That's that's fine with me. But um, man, I like it feels more earned. For him to mm-hmm. actually go through some shit first, but um, mm-hmm. I like him kind of not guaranteeing guaranteeing that he's necessarily going to be that that guy yet. Yeah, because it would feel a little bit cheated again, like not earned. If he just died, he comes back and goes, ah, I, I, I am, I'm the greatest. I am he, essentially. Like, mm-hmm. we're, they already literally did like a a Christ pose in the first and Man of Steel. Like, I don't want him to die and come back three yeah. days later and suddenly be the greatest person ever. Got to you got to make it not a, an absolute, you know, symbolic journey. Yeah. Ooh. Apparently during the rooftop scene, when Cyborg mm-hmm. shows up, Flash says, now that he's here, I don't think we can all fit in the car. And Batman says, I've got something bigger. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Welcome to the Bat Quinn jet. Mm-hmm. All right. So there was a, there was a report that uh, Christopher Hivju from Game of Thrones, I think that's how you say it, it was going to play like a uh, a character, like a I guess a I don't know a, an Atlantean king of some sort in the past. Mm-hmm. But uh, they saw concept art of his of his likeness, and they came out like Warner Brothers came out and said, "No, look, he's not cast. That was a likeness of him, but he's not cast." <laughs> gotcha. So, no, that happens though all the time, mm-hmm. where someone says, "I want him to look kind of like this guy." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a guarantee of any kind. Uh, Affleck says they'll be at Comic-Con. Um, uh, San Diego? Yeah. Gotcha. Now, in relation, this is something I've been waiting to hear, because they've never done this right in any Batman movie uh, that I can think of that was live-action anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Affleck says the world's greatest detective aspect of Batman is more present in Justice League than it was in Batman v Superman and will probably be expanded upon further in a Batman movie that I would do. I think all the great Batman stories are, at their heart, detective stories. That's why they feel like noir movies in a way. Somehow, it feels like it could be the Maltese Falcon. Um, yeah, I, that's... Uh, yeah. He He's said, tar- I think Warner Brothers has speaking a your language for now? It. Huh? Yeah. You speaking your language now? Absolutely. Um, talking about the Batman movie, he says, I think Warner Brothers uh, have a date for it, although I don't know if I would be necessarily, or if I would necessarily be able to make that date because I don't have a script that's ready yet. So my timetable is I'm not going to do, I'm not going to make a movie until there's a script that I think is good. I've been on the end of the things when you make movies, when you have a script that's not good yet and it doesn't pan out. It's something that would have to pass a very high bar for me. It's not just like, yeah, that might be fun. Let's go try this out. Um, the reason I'm executive producer on Justice League is I'm directing one of the movies. So there's sort of this cross-pollination of story and characters, and I don't want to give my, any stuff away, but it basically means that there are some things that might happen in my Batman movie that are affected by Justice League. I mean, here we are in the police station in Gotham City. There's a potential that something like this might exist in that story. 
well, making sure that the right hand knows what the making sure that the right hand knows what the left hand is doing. You know what they're doing. One hand knows what the other was doing, and I get to weigh in on stuff that impacts the Batman stuff. In the last movie, Batman definitely went to a very dark place. Um, I already read that part. Sorry, that was yeah. from another. No, I, like I said, uh, I, I had I have copies and copies of this stuff. I don't know where <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of cross pollination in the news too. Um, mm-hmm. that sounds like a fantastic idea though, is, uh, mm-hmm. in, in a way, like let the characters EP themselves, <laughs> mm-hmm. you keep, you keep track of your own, your own continuity, Momoa, mm-hmm. let us know if something goes wrong. Make them all executive producers and directors. Right. <laughs> or just Affleck. I'm good with that. Um, yeah. Affleck's <laughs> actually got street cred as far as a writer goes. So, um, yeah, and directing. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently one of the sets is Wayne Hanger. Um, it's an old hangar that's been abandoned and taken over by Bruce. Uh, it's been said that they could fit about 20 Batmobiles in there and still have some room. Nice. Um, yeah, it was uh, it's b- said to be uh, the created by the Gotham Iron Foundry Company, established in 1920. Um, it's near Gotham Wharf. Uh, on the tables, there were vintage newspapers with numerous car missile parts and miscellaneous pieces scattered around. Um, let's see. There were 20 missiles stacked in four rows of five. There was a Honda motorcycle. Um, there was also another car that they had like covered up really well, like put a tarp over so you couldn't see what it was. And they said, based on what they saw, it looked like it was really low to the ground. Um, monitors displaying scenes from BVS, uh, stuff from like the uh, Flash Wonder Woman, Cyborg, and Aquaman footage from Luther's files. Um Debbie Snyder and Chuck Roven are saying that each DC film is independent of one another, that they're all interconnected by bits of connective tissue. Uh, all the films kind of fit into a timeline, but they're independent films. You can see one and not see the other one. Uh, they operate on their own. They all have their own tone and they deal with different characters, yet they're all in the same filmic universe and there's little bits of crossovers that we see, but that isn't essential to the story. That kind of worries me. I kind of hope that there's like more of an overarching story. I want there to be an overarching story, but it... It has to be that way. That's yeah. That's requisite. It, it really is. Every like every movie that comes out, if it's the first time you've ever heard of it or the first time you ever decided to go out to see a movie, you know, you want that to be a movie that you can actually go out and see and go, oh, okay, I, I should go buy the rest of these DVDs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I got no hate on that. Like every episode of a show, it's I'm still trying to convince you to come watch the rest of that show. Yeah. Oh, they're also for costumes. They're using the they're using 3D printers. <laughs> nice right it's the first time I've actually heard of that happening yeah um, they said the big challenge of creating them is making sure that they not only look great but they're functional for fighting and maneuverability um, that's pretty amazing I, I, I love the whole 3D printing thing mm-hmm. I want a 3D printer don't blame you I don't, I don't have that money I don't um, have a need, but still sounds like a cool thing to own. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I have tons of need. I can make my own action figures. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Cyborg's costume is being created digitally from the neck down. Um, mm. <laughs> Collider says, not a lot of Victor Stone from the neck down. <laughs> nice. Um, it says Cyborg is using technology that, got, that he got from one of the mother boxes, which was shown in Batman v Superman. His technology is mysterious, and he discovers his gun arm in the film. Okay, that's so, kind yeah, of fun. That's what, I, that's what I thought. Like the mother box didn't like just become him; it just like gave him the technology. That's kind of fun. Uh, he can enlarge when provoked, or when he goes into battle mode. Cool. Uh, apparently, uh, Flash has a cool pair of sneakers that has the Flash mm-hmm. symbol on both sides and on the base. 
little uh, little Hermes going on there, a little Mercury. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I've heard he doesn't have the uh, he doesn't have the, uh, the flash things, the, the little lightning bolts coming off of the sides of his of his helmet. Good. I've heard he has like little gold bars. I like the things coming off the side of his helmet. Nah. It bums me out that no one ever wants to do it right. Nah, sorry, that's something that's supposed to be re- re- like reserved for when you want to pull J- like Jay Garrick out of the out of the hat. Other than that, mm. I'm good with it not being there. Uh, Wilkinson said when he was designing the Flash costume, he didn't feel the need to compete with the TV show. He wanted to design something that uh, worked in the Zack Snyder universe. Uh, there are apparently two Batman suits in the film. One of them looks like the one we've already seen, except it has new armor plates under the costume to give added protection. Um, also, there are spikes on the outside of Batman's forearms now. Gauntlets? Or, no. I don't know. It says spikes. I don't know if that's technically a gauntlet. Somebody who's real into leather, let me know, but um, mm. still. <laughs> it says the second bat suit is toward the end of the film, but has more carbon fiber, more protection, and a new cowl, which adds more strength and protection around the neck and added levels of communication with Alfred and the members of the Justice League. The second costume also has new goggles. You can see how it's going toward the Nightmare Batman scenario. Mm-hmm. has new goggles, which help pilot a new, vi- a new vehicle. The costume also helps amplify his strength, even when dealing with an old injury. Uh, Wonder Woman's costume is changing a little bit. It's getting a little more red, a um, little more comfortable and maneuverable, but they're saying that the costume is 5,000 years old. Hmm. Um, apparently, they saw a big blue cape for Wonder Woman in the concept art. Um, they've made everything from scratch in the costume department. Nothing is being store-bought. The movie has has to dress 3,000 extras and has 200 speaking parts. Good lord. Uh-huh. It's not a movie. It's a biblical statement is currently filming in london until september and after they wrap they're going to go to los angeles and then yet another still to be determined location filming is scheduled to wrap in october uh, in an interview ray fisher talked about uh how he came to be in justice league and i guess batman v superman he says i was in a playoff broadway playing muhammad ali at the new york theater workshop three years ago and around the time, Ang Lee, one of his upcoming projects, was a 3D boxing movie about Muhammad Ali and Joe Fraser, Frazier. And he came and he saw the show at the time. And I hadn't had an agent or a manager up until that point. But once people caught word of that, they started coming to, to the show to see who's this guy that people are coming to look at. And from there, I signed up and went out to California, California for a visit and met up with Lord Kennedy and Christy Carlson from Warner Brothers. And they said... We have something that may be right for you, but we can't tell you what it is. It's just in the real, uh, in the realm of the Batman Superman universe. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Sign me up. I'll play a tree. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I would have done that. I would have done exactly uh, that. Yeah. The production spent six months working on the costumes and research and development before any actors got involved. Jesus. Yeah. Apparently, Alfred and Bruce are developing a lot of tech for all of the members of the Justice League. That sounds right, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, normally you'd have, like, a him and, him and John Jones, but since we're not going to get that, it's still a little bit bitter, if you can tell. Yeah. Uh, Collider is saying, um, on one of the walls in the art room, they showed pictures of the cast with who they were playing below their pictures. This is usually done for the main actors listed on the wall 
was everyone you'd expect except Jesse Eisenberg. I don't know if it's because they're trying to keep his involvement a secret or if it's because his role is more like a cameo. While walking around the war room, I'm going to guess it's the second one. While walking around the war room, we were able to see tons of pre-production artwork that was created at the end of last year and beginning of this year before Batman v Superman was released. Most of the artwork showed the vehicles and locations from part of the Justice League movie and almost all of it was missing Superman. The one piece of art that featured the iconic hero had him standing with Batman, the Flash, Cyborg, and Wonder Woman without a descriptive background, meaning it could have been anywhere. Um, let's see, here's some of the artwork. They they put uh, a massive silhouette of Steppenwolf. The poster was at least four feet tall and showed his horns and a claw of some kind on his left hand. Uh, Wonder sure. Woman standing near the Batmobile fighting creatures with wings. Parademons. Sounds right. Uh, let's see, the Nightcrawler, a variation of the Batmobile, which has the typical contr- uh, control area with four massive legs that resemble a spider's legs and can get to areas a normal car or plane can't. Inside of a tunnel between Metropolis and Gotham, a new vehicle uh, on the artwork called a, st- a Troop Carrier, but I believe it will be called the Flying Fox that Batman has brought in with three levels in the artwork. You can see the top level is where the controls are. The middle level had Flash walking around, and the lower level had Aquaman and Cyborg. Uh, imagine a much bigger Quinjet from the Marvel Universe. Um, cool looking water scene that had a huge looking vehicle sitting in the middle of a large body of water with the op- mm-hmm. with the back open and Flash, Aquaman, Batman, and Cyborg climbing aboard. <laughs> uh, Barry Allen's apartment features multiple TVs and looks like it's off the beaten path. A cool picture inside the Batjet showing Batman, Aquaman, and Wonder Woman flying together. I actually would like the multiple TVs to have something. Mm-hmm. like I would like it to indicate that he's watching the news all the time and several different channels because mm-hmm. he can stop several local events at once if he wants to. Right. So, yeah, there's also some concept art from Star Labs and a picture of Alfred manning the gunner station inside the Flying Fox. Awesome. Yeah. So I think I'm pretty. that's pretty much wraps up my uh, my Justice League stuff. You're kidding. I think so. I think that's it. I think I th- that's I think that's done. I thought we were going to do the news until we could actually see the movie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as of June 26th, the Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, the Ultimate Edition, is number one on Amazon's bestseller list. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to submit that as two groups of people. One, a group of people like ourselves, um, again, many apologies for being ourselves to anyone who doesn't agree, who enjoyed the movie and thought that other 30 minutes sounded fantastic. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be another group of haters who who will buy the movie because, you know, fuck it, it's like 25 bucks. Um, right. And they're going to watch the other 30 minutes and go, and it's still terrible. Fine. Do what you do, guys. I don't care. And then a middle group of people who almost like the movie and are really hoping that 30 minutes is worthwhile. Mm-hmm. I think because of the way that this movie is... Uh, the, the way it came across, I think all three groups are going to be pretty satisfied, honestly. Yeah. If you um, hated it, you're going to continue hating it. I think the 30 minutes is going to fill in some gaps for people who hoped it was a little bit better. And I think if you already enjoyed it, the 30 minutes is going to just kind of like placate you and be kind of interesting. Yeah. So most of that uh, came from Collider and Steve Frosty Weintraub. Um, if that name sounds familiar from this podcast, it's probably because I believe I did his voice as Kermit the Frog a few weeks ago <laughs> in an interview segment that we read um that was a wonderful time yeah that was yeah. weird that was weird that was real, real weird and uh i also got a lot of uh a lot of information from mark hughes from over at forbes who is a stalwart fan of uh of batman v superman so mm-hmm. 
there was that. Uh, I got a lot of that from both of those guys. Um, so there is a new featurette called In the Shadows of Gods from the Batman v Superman. Um, it's been showing, it's, it's basically just telling you the story of, Lo, like the back, backstory of Lois Lane and Alfred. There's not a lot new there. I'll put up a link to it. Um, let's see. What else have I got? What else I got, y'all? What you got, yo? I got so much. I know. <laughs> just goes on forever. Yeah. Oh, uh, Suicide Squad is going to be two hours and ten minutes long, apparently. Yeah, they there were um, some. There were some uh, reports that it was going to be like an hour and forty minutes, and then right, Ayer was like, "That shit ain't true." Right. So um, he has confirmed that Argus is going to be a part of the Suicide Squad movie. Um, he <laughs> tweet, he tweeted out like a manual called N H E J C O Non Human Entity Joint Combat Operations. Uh, featuring the logo of Argus, which stands for Advanced Research Group Uniting uh, Superhumans. So there is that. That's the uh, organization in the New 52 that was under the command of Waller, Amanda mm-hmm. Waller. Mm-hmm. Um, Karen Fukuhara is in Playboy. This is the actress playing... Um, what, what, who is she playing? What's her name? Katana. God, mm-hmm. I've lost it. My brain went mush for a minute. Sure. Um, apparently she's not nude in this issue of Playboy. I don't know. I'm sure they I, do that anymore. They don't do that anymore. I don't know if that was like starting in January or what that was. I don't, I don't remember. I, I forget when it was. It was like, uh, was no, it was, uh, end of last year. I want to say. Okay. I can't remember. I think it was 2015, it was. but yeah, you, uh, Playboy is no longer, no longer a nudie kids. No longer yeah, a nudie. I, uh, going to have to hustle your way somewhere else. I don't follow the Playboy, so I don't keep up with it. And they're like, oh, we're, we're Maxim now. Okay. Um, (laughs) but Karen says as a first generation Japanese American, I've always wanted to play a samurai warrior like my suicide squad character, Katana. Um, samurai are almost always male. So growing up in America, I had a hard time figuring out role models. Katana and I may not have the same personality, but coming from the same cultural upbringing, we share core values in Japanese culture. There's this idea of putting others before yourself, but I've also never wanted to let myself down. Someone recently told me how refreshing it is to see an Asian woman as a superhero that stuck with me. Stand up for yourself and, and what you love. That's a good message. Yeah. Interestingly, though, this seems to really cement the notion that she's not one of the Suicide Squad. She's more or less Rick Flagg's bodyguard. It has been suggested. Mm-hmm. Also, there are no so scenes of her in jail. Right. There's that as well. So they have also released 11 Suicide Squad posters. Uh, they're a lot of fun. They look very comic booky. They're eyeballs and weird things, entrails and stuff all over the place, onomatopoeia everywhere. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, they're, they're character posters. Um, 21 pilots who are on the suicide squad, uh, soundtrack released Mm -hmm. their music video heathens. Um, there was some question among some fans, uh, if they actually shot in the, on the sets for suicide squad, they did not No, watch the behind the scenes video. Way too easy to recreate that kind of stuff. They did a really good job. Actually, it didn't seem that easy. They were t- kind of talking about how kind of it was kind of difficult to match the tone of the of the cinematography from Suicide Squad. But uh, um, yeah, yeah, they did a pretty good job. That's I'll say that fair. for them. Um, I'm assuming the same thing happened for the Lil Wayne, Wiz Khalifa, and Imagine Dragons music video uh, that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty good. What what was that one called though? I don't I don't know why I don't have it in my notes. Oh Lord! All right. Um, give me five seconds. 
I will give you five seconds. Um, shit. I don't know why that's not in my history. Never mind. I what? just watched it. <laughs> totally supposed to be in my history. It's just not. I, I just watched that damn thing. Oh, man. I nope, I've got it. it up. Got it. Sucker for pain. Sucker for pain. I listened to it. It's not my kind of music. It's just not. I liked the 21 Pilots one, Heathens. I really oh, did like yeah, that Oh, yeah, that's one. solid. I listened to that thing probably 20 times, honestly. It's actually right at Miley. Yeah, it's very, very, very catchy. Uh, the Catchy, uh, got a little bit of... Sucker for it, pain. It's got a pop vibe to it. It's got a little bit of a... Even got a shoegazer vibe to it, in a way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, it's right at Miley. So, uh, the little Wayne week, and 15 other people, not as much. When the hell is he going to become Big Wayne? I don't know. Isn't he Didn't little Bow Wow but eventually become Bow Wow? <laughs> I think you should have just become Bark. But I think whatever. <laughs> so, uh, it was earlier this week, you sent me a, uh, you sent me a picture of yourself squatted. Squatted. With your yep. squad icon. Yep. Um, I was I was less pleased with my own squatting adventure. I enjoyed your squatting but, adventure. Um, yeah. <laughs> you can squad yourself. You know the little icons that are that are going around of the Suicide Squad with the skulls yeah. and whatnot. You can go and you can do that for yourself. You can customize your 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 little squad icon. And it's a lot of fun. We'll post a link to it. It's squadyourself.suicidesquad.com. Um. So yeah, there's that. It, there's also the new story that came out. The Flash writers are praising uh, Rick Famuyiwa, Rick Famuyiwa being the director of The Flash. Um, mm-hmm. Chris Miller and Phil Lord, who wrote a treatment for The Flash, uh, say, we work with Rick and have been developing a pilot for with, with him for a little while, and we are really big fans of his and Dope. I think he's a rad choice. And, ooh, I'm sure the microphone picked that up. We've got some... We got some thunderstorms happening here. Um, nice, big thunder, big old thunder, y'all. Yeah, sounds um, right. I'm about an hour away from you, and things I, are settled here. I am super excited about the Rick Famuyiwa. I don't know his work. I don't really know his body of work whatsoever. But everyone seems so excited about him, and I seem to, I've seen, I follow, we follow him on Twitter. I've seen a lot of his stuff that he's put out. He seems to have a great sense of humor, and he seems to have a really great sense for the tone that I think the Flash should be. So I'm really excited about it. I look forward to seeing Dope when I get a spare damn minute. Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to be catching up on this guy. Do you know who Nicholas Winden Reffin is? No. He is a director. Like, I can keep up with three whole names. Yeah. He <laughs> he is a director. He, dr- he directed Drive, which I didn't have an interest in. I watched a clip of it on YouTube today. And oh my god, I was completely just drawn in. Like it's like uh, Ryan thing? Gosling. It was like Ryan Gosling and and like another dude in a car, and they're waiting on a dude to come out, and they're the dude's robbing the place, and the dude finally comes out. Oh, that thing runs into the car, and then like they're driving. This is from Drive. Yeah, and uh, he's got like he's got the co- the police scanner, and they're like looking for their car. So it's just it was very suspenseful, and it had it just had me roped in. And then the clip ended, and I was like, no! <laughs> um, <laughs> he also directed The Neon Demon, um, which looked really weird. It looked like, uh, I don't know, Elle Fanning pl- was playing like a, a like a really pretty girl who was young and comes into the world of modeling 
and Christina Hendricks is there and looks like she's like in charge of the joint and like all these other like models are like gunning for her, trying to kill her and stuff. It looked like a weird suspense movie. It's really weird. Um, anyway, he's Danish by the way. He also did only God forgives, which looks like a fascinating movie. I, I had forgotten about that movie. I've been wanting to see it, but he says he wants to make a Batgirl standalone movie. Hmm. I mean, it it can definitely be done. He said, I would love to make one. It, It would probably be great fun. I just don't know, uh, when it's going to happen. I very much enjoy my freedom creatively, but I also would love to make one of those big Hollywood films that costs a lot of money and has a lot of people running around with cell phones and all that insanity. (laughs) (laughs) And they asked him which one he'd like to do. He said, which ones are left? You know, the one I want to do, I want to make Batgirl. Let's get Warner working on it. Okay. Look, this isn't an official announcement of any sort. But how do you, like, a dude that made those movies who were, that were pretty critically acclaimed at the very least, and I saw, I looked at enough of it to see that it looks like a DCU movie. The tone looks on point. How do you say no to that? Like, a dude wants to make the Batgirl movie? I want him to make the Batgirl movie. I've never even actually seen a full movie. I want him to make the Batgirl movie. And how awesome would it be to have a Batgirl movie? And I haven't seen any of, uh, and, you know, you can keep it DCU. Like, we, we haven't seen... General Malone officially yet, so um uh General Malone has been uh has been proven to not be Barbara Gordon. Oh, has she? Uh don't spoil mm-hmm. that for me. That I'm is sorry, a spoiler. Buddy. Apologies to no, anyone I who mean... uh hadn't read that. <laughs> I it's been everywhere. I don't know. It's... I I've specifically like seen yeah. that gif and or image anywhere and moved the hell on with my life. Yeah, I I considered it for a second and thought they have actually released that officially. So Have they? Officially? Okay. Yeah, they did. If it's official, anyway. it's official. You bastards. <laughs> Taking Jenna Malone away from me. Well, you still got her. She's just... Taking her not bad girlism away from me. Um, so we're getting into... We're going over to TV now. Are you kidding? They like that. There's still I'm a TV? This is TV. Yeah, we're going to TV now. Uh, Gotham is bringing in the character of Mario Falcone. Yeah, saw that. Uh, James James Carpinello is going to play him. Uh, he's going to differ in Gotham. <laughs> surprise, surprise. He's going to differ <laughs> <laughs> in Gotham than he does in the comics. In the comics, uh, you know, he tried to clean up the family's name, go and move it over into, you know, straight running. Mm-hmm. But um, then eventually returned to the criminal ways. Of course. In Gotham, he's going to be a well-respected Ivy League-educated ER doctor. He's an all-around good guy, making him the black sheep in the Falcone family. However, when he comes to Gotham City, his presence will have detrimental effects on Jim Gordon's love life with Lee Tompkins. I really don't want that. I'm so tired of that. If anyone's going to be detrimental to... You know what? No. We love love Gordon too much. We can't have Alfred just come in and and whisk her away. It's going to have to be some asshole like Mario Falcone. (laughs) That's to put just... the rift. He, as as Matt of the MCU cast used to say, he drives the wedge. <laughs> right. You have to have the asshole who drives the wedge, and then the good guy can come around and be like, "Hey, baby, chomp chomp chomp." Okay. Oh yeah. Um... No, I. Yeah. I'm always bored with one of the romance stories. This is not going to be any different. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we were worried about the poison ivy overhaul. Yeah. Uh, 28, 28 year old Maggie Geha? Jeha? I don't know. 
we have a long history of not knowing names here. It's, uh, it's she established will be taking, more so than any of the characters on uh, Gotham, apparently. Yeah, she is 28 years old. She looks like a supermodel. She will be taking over the role from 14-year-old Claire Flory. Um, now, this is how they're going to describe This is how they're saying it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. This is TV line saying it. Sure. Um, she is going to run into a monster from Indian Hill. After the confrontation, she finds herself reborn into a matured and also formidable version of herself, finally being able to harness the full power of her charms. Now nearing the peak of her powers, the Awakening Poison Ivy sets her targets on Bruce Wayne. Doesn't that sound like the most boring shit you've ever heard? (laughs) (laughs) No, can we actually have like some character development with with you had this awesome little girl, kind of totally making this work? But okay, all right, we'll do this instead. She was creepy. She did a good job. We don't need her to be like sex pot suddenly. Let's not do that. No. So uh, Jamie Chung known for The Hangover, is going to be Vicky Vale's aunt, Valerie, in Gotham. Yep. She is described as a crackerjack reporter, dead set on uncovering the truth behind Indian Hill. Confident and dogged, she will do anything to, to get the scoop, and soon sets her sights on Gordon, who she believes is the key lead in her story. Mm-hmm. So, that also another foil between her, or him and Leslie, and... Yeah, probably. Triangles on either side... I, look, I I don't want to be down on Gotham, but everything they're presenting to me <laughs> for this next season is just like, why are we still talking about Indian Hill? Can we not? Can we just deal with the monsters running around Gotham now? You did the interesting thing at the end. Just let that be. We know we've got a doppelganger. That's kind we of the... Another per- uh, you threw this really interesting thing at the wall and it stuck. Mm-hmm. There's a Bruceleganger. Like, <laughs> a Bruceleganger. Like, play with that. Tell me about that. Foil me, damn it. Even, even lie to me. But don't tell me, like, oh, we're going to have Leslie fall in love with maybe somebody else. And, oh, there's going to be somebody else that's going to harp on Gordon. And the Vales, am, am I wrong about this? The I'll call them Vales now because Vicky Vales the only one I've ever even known about. The Vales, yeah. though, are generally just a romantic interest. Like, they do their yeah, the, the, the reporters and all that. But you, I don't know that I've ever seen a story about, uh, like, a story about Vicky Vale as a reporter in her independent own right. It's always just Vicky Vale, well, reporter. They did. Who sometimes does these things. They, they kind of did here and there. I don't remember it. I don't remember it. I, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and I, I'm going to go ahead and go with you. Hopefully it's happened. <laughs> Vicky Vale was always somehow like in all of the in all of the mythos, Batman has always been the more interesting character than Superman. For whatever reason, Vicky Vale was one of those that just never quite caught on. She was the poor man's Lois Lane. <laughs> it was the one area where Batman just really failed. In I mean, she was just a knockoff of Lois Lane, if, if anything. Um, I think she married a district attorney or something and went away. I think that's what happened to her. And then he died. I don't remember. And they've kind of recast her now. Like the first, like the, I always wondered why we never saw Cause we would see, we see her in the serials. You see her in the first Batman movie with, uh, with, with Keaton. And then you just don't hear anything from her. She was in the comics. She floated around in the oh, comics yeah. for a while. Pops up every now and then. Um, it's just... I just wondered, like, you know, you get, like, Andrea Beaumont, you have, like, Selena Kyle, you have so many people, like, uh, Julie Madison. Yeah. Uh, but you don't hear a lot about Vicki Vale, and the Arkham games is the first time I saw her in forever. Like, just show up, like, <laughs> I'm Vicki Vale, and I went, oh, shit, you! <laughs> where, have, where have you, uh, how'd you get my number? <laughs> 
<laughs> Long time no see, baby. <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, I'm really excited about Ash vs. Evil Dead coming back. Um, I understand. It doesn't start until September, but I'm, I'm still excited about it. Shut I, up. I mean, it's less time, <laughs> less time than you were phasing before when you never thought I'd come back, and you were still excited. Yeah, I was. So anyway, moving over to Lucifer, uh, they have cast Lucifer's mother. Definitively uh, said the, mother, right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, it is Tr- Trisha Helfer, mm-hmm. uh, most mostly known as uh, number six or whatever, whatever her name was. Six? Was it just six? I don't even know. I didn't watch Battlestar Galactica, but that's what she I was not, from. But and um, let's do this. Yeah, uh, I was told it had a poor ending. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I only say that because I know I'm going to get some at least three people who are who messaged me somewhere and go, how how or how am I listening to you and you haven't seen Battlestar Galactica? I saw enough. <laughs> I'm sorry. I watched about uh, 20 minutes and went, uh, I'm not going to have time for all of it. Mm-hmm. It is a so, finite uh, anyway, world. A finite world, people. Uh, Lucifer's mom is apparently named Charlotte, and uh, apparently the role is going to have its challenges. Um, Helfer says, I heard it put, she's not really that much older than Lucifer and Amina deal, but it will all make sense once you see it. Um, see, she doesn't want to, she's afraid of giving away too much about her character who's been trapped in hell for thousands of years by her ex-husband, God, but Helfer allowed very quickly. Once you meet her, you realize what she's about and who she is. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to leave people guessing. There's been enough of that with the concern that she's escaped from hell. Um, she claims that all she wants to do is spend time with her sons again, but can the devil's mom really be that innocent? There are a lot of layers to her. She's going to be fun to play. I'm sorry. There's something incredibly off-putting. Mm-hmm. About silly. Lucifer? Sure. Well, yes. And silly about the phrase, ex-husband, God. Yeah, I laughed. I, um, <laughs> I haven't actually heard it put that way at any point, and it it gave me quite a chuckle. I mean, it reminded me, there was like the Louis C.K. bit uh, that he did on SNL, where he was like, if God is our father, then where is our mother? And he pauses and looks around the audience and goes, what did he do to our mother? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's solid. But, uh, yeah. (laughs) Lucifer's also adding uh, Dexter's Amy Garcia uh, to the cast. The lieutenant? She's, uh, hmm? Hmm. I don't know. I didn't watch Dexter. I watched the crap out of Dexter. I intend to watch Dexter. Because I'm sure I'm going to get a couple of messages saying, how can I listen to somebody who hasn't watched Dexter? I intend to. Again, finite world, people. <laughs> finite world. Yeah, um, yeah, indeed. <laughs> but yeah, she is going to be a new love interest for... No, uh, not the lieutenant. For Lucifer, apparently. Going to be a forensic scientist named Ella Lopez. She is... Batista's this daughter. Is, this was interesting. Now, this was interesting. Mm-hmm. So the character is described by Fox as a bit of a walking contradiction. She's brainy but spiritual, warm but tough. She grew up in a pretty rough neighborhood in Detroit, but also in a strong Catholic family under the watchful and protective eye of her five brothers, which might explain some of her opposing personality traits. Uh, her mutual belief in both faith and science proves a point of interest to Lucifer and the rest of the department as they get to know and love her quirky ways. If they can, like, pull back from the, like, ridiculous um, grade school mentality of religion and philosophy enough to, like, actually delve into, like, something deep, that could be an interesting character. If not, which I'm sure is the case... <laughs> Yeah, we, we've we've kind of harped. 
either harped or at least hit on. Um, Lucifer this year was very much a one-on-one class. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that just, I mean, you can you can wiki in 20 some minutes of the some of the stuff that they, they hit in, in the entire season. Um, some of the philosophical problems that Lucifer himself has, I'm just like, you, I understand this. How can you not understand this? Right. What is, around, <laughs> you've been around way longer. How is this not a thing you've worked out? You're Satan. <laughs> Minimally, you're much older. I hope you not. I barely remember Mr. Miracle's real name. Scott how do I get how do I get this and you don't? Anyway. Um uh, Yeah. Yeah. Would you have any more thoughts about Lucifer and, and so on and so forths? I rarely have more thoughts about Lucifer and so on and so forth. Today is no exception. Fair. Fair enough. Uh, over to Supergirl, Linda Carter has been officially cast as the President of the United States. We knew this was going to happen. They said they were going to do it last year, but didn't have time to get her in there. And uh, so that's officially happening. Over to The Flash, Jesse Quick is confirmed for Season 3, but uh, Violet Bean does, says she doesn't. She knows she'll be back, but she doesn't know if it's going to be with or without her powers. She also doesn't know if it's going to be like Earth-1, or uh, Jesse Quick, or if it's going to be like Earth Two post Flashpoint. Like, she doesn't know how that's going to all ha- go down. She says, "With the whole Flashpoint, anything can happen. It's literally open to any different kind of false reality. She could be Earth One, Jesse. Jesse, she could be a speedster. Who knows?" Mm-hmm. She also said that um, when they got spoilers for the Flash, when they got hit with the uh, <laughs> Speed Force, she and Wally. She said, when I got, when Jesse got hit, I was like, it's happening. It's happening. There was the spark when she came out of the coma, but it didn't happen. And I was nope. like, no, <laughs> sorry, girl. Um, I'm very excited to play a speedster. I would love for it to happen early next season. Oh, uh, guess who else is going to be back for season three of the flash. I know about several people. So hit me. Well, on, uh, on father's day, Grant Gustin, tweeted to Mark Hamill, Happy Father's Day, Mark. See you this season. Oh, oh snap. <laughs> Trickster, y'all. Oh snap. Mm-hmm. So uh, over to Arrow, if you don't have any other comments on Mark Hamill's return. Not so much comments, just like ejaculatory noises. <laughs> I mean, Long-time listeners of the show will note that Jason and I are avid worshippers of the great and hallowed Mark Hamill. Yeah, it mostly his vocal cords, but I mean, I'm cool with the whole Star Wars thing. But once they just put him behind a mic, that that that's really where the magic started happening. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't, there, I don't know about there all are people Star that would Wars literally best, but... punch me for having said that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Star Wars is great, but Joker, I mean, Joker, yeah, Star Joker. Wars, all right, but and Trexter, Trexter. Anyway, so uh, over to Arrow. So much Arrow news. Um, Arrow, uh, so, oh, Arrow. Uh, mm-hmm. Stephen Amell says that we're going to get someone back on the show in season five that we haven't seen in two in uh, two full seasons. Um, we had someone actually suggest that it might be um, someone on the Facebook page. Actually, we actually get a, starting to get a lot of interaction on the Facebook page. I Brilliant. can't. I should have looked into this, but they suggested it might be Huntress. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, Huntress. Uh, can't be shadow she showed up last year everyone is obviously going to want to think deathstroke yeah well he showed up in season three though for like half a second for like half a second yeah and then he showed up in season four in costume for literally half a second mm-hmm. but well um, was that him or was that his son no 
no, uh, Legends, he showed no, up as Legends his son. And he shows up Damn. in like this this uh, mind warp scene <laughs> for half, I mean, long enough to kick a motherfucker in season four of, uh-huh. um, of Arrow. But it, mm, Huntress wouldn't hurt my feelings at all. She was fun. She's yeah, Huntress. I was, I was never, okay with her. I've never seen a live Huntress before, and she did fine. Yeah, I have seen a live Huntress before, and she did way better than they did. Wait, where? <laughs> where? What did I miss? Birds of birds of prey. Wait, live birds of prey. Uh, all right, school me, school me. Oh, um, it was a terrible show that uh, the WB oh uh, that tried to show. put on after Smallville, and um, it was um, I think it was Ashley Scott as the Huntress, and but she wasn't like Helena. She was or she wasn't Helena Bertinelli. She was Helena Wayne. She was Selena mm-hmm. and Bruce's daughter, which is. It, there is a that is comic canon. book precedence for that it. Is, it is canon in like the old days and like yeah. the old school. Right. But it was like this, like kind. They were like trying to go like all the costumes were from the movies, so they had like it was like the Michael Keaton era Batman and the Selena Kyle Catwoman costume, and it was like they had a massive love affair and they and they like Alfred was the main character on the show. And um, he was like Mr. Pitt from Seinfeld, and it was really weird. Right. Even though he always delights me whenever I see him, so that wasn't he wasn't even, even a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, Mia Sarah from um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off was Harley Quinn. She was the main bad guy in the show. Um, Dina Meyer was Barbara Gordon, and fantastic at it. I actually liked her a lot. But they had a um, they had some young girl who was Dinah Lance, and she was a psychic. And then freaking Becky from Full House, Lori Loughlin, showed up as the original Black Canary who had the sonic scream, her mother. Um, yeah, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. It was real weird in some ways. But it wasn't Gotham City. It was New Gotham because like, the old Gotham had like crumbled or something. It was an issue. Uh, some kind of like no man's land type of thing before i think no man's land was even a thing yeah it was really weird but batman's disappeared we don't know where he is batman and catwoman are gone yeah presumably that was like a season two thing they had up their sleeves yeah see it did not last very long (laughs) oh it was uh sam romanoff von roos on facebook who said i hope is huntress ah and that is a wonderful call so yes um i I, i'm fully behind him See, he also said that uh, even though Black Canary is is dead, that her presence would still be felt on the show despite the character's demise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea of Black Canary and what it means and what it embodies in Star City is something we are going to examine this year. Uh, Mark Guggenheim also put out uh, concept art for a statue that apparently they make of Black Canary. It's going to be somewhere. It's going to be like a big like bronze statue that has like her birth date and death date on it mm-hmm. um so that's kind of weird mm-hmm. but fine i guess no I she's <laughs> she's like the first exposed martyr i mean yeah yeah i mean you know that's fine it and makes sense for star be, city to do that yeah to, to do it that. absolutely does and you know plus besides all that um i almost said bruce um <laughs> ollie's the mayor so he could pretty much just say yeah we're also gonna build a you know uh, a bronze statue to this green arrow fellow just mm-hmm. don't look at his face don't look at my chin just don't look at his don't face. look at my chin while i'm talking <laughs> um 
He also said, uh, well, uh, Amel said, if the premiere is any indication, Arrow is going to be freaking mean this year. Uh, episode 501 has an opportunity for us to quite literally have the most vicious, violent one shot, which is where there is no cut in the history of network television. They are trying hard to be Daredevil, I feel like. I really do. I, he says it has the opportunity. He didn't say we're going to do a yeah. one shot. He said, uh, well, he said that you ha- they told him you have 21 days to get as ripped as you've ever been for this mo- for the most vicious wonner in the history of network TV. <laughs> no stunt double. No stunt double. Um, I love that, though. I, I do, but I'm just... For a number of reasons. One, you have 21 days, which means they, they, they sure as well, hell must have went to GNC and like brought him $500 worth of product. Mm-hmm. Also, I believe Stephen Amell knows how to actually do that in 21 days if he has to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, even if it is reactionary, that's kind of cool. Like, all right, all right. Yeah, I, you think you we know. should be Daredevil? Fuck this. We're gonna. All right. You know what? We're gonna use our original guy. No stunt doubles. Like that's. Yeah. I, okay. I'll say this. Like though, I'll. <sighs> if they're gonna do this, I really want them to do it. Like, I really want them to do it. Like, I'm not going to sit here and go, why is Daredevil better than Arrow? It shouldn't. You know what? That's fine. Do what you have to do. Get better than than Daredevil. Do it. I want to see this show better than ever. I want to see this show kick Daredevil's ass. Yeah. Not because, not because you know, I want Daredevil to fail or be worse than Arrow. Because I want Arrow to get better. Like, Arrow has an issue. Arrow has multiple issues. Yeah. The the writing is sloppy. The acting is subpar in a lot of ways. And quite frankly, this, the, the cinematography is kind of dull and the, um, choreography is lacking. I want this show to be sharp, man. I want this to be like, I want these, all these comic book shows to be sharpening each other, like bringing each other's game up. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I want. Yeah. Um, and so I mean, I'm in really, all of season know, two of daredevil, it didn't quite match that scene. <laughs> That like hallway scene in episode two. Oh, I disagree though. Uh, I uh, that, st- that stairway, that stairway fight. Stair fight was good. The but, hallway slash stairway fight. But dear Jesus, um, um, I'll take it though. Anyway, but yeah, the, uh, it, 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 it absolutely <laughs> like this is an opportunity to go. Okay, all right. You think I can't mm-hmm. do this? Let me show you something. But to be fair, to be fair to Arrow, Daredevil, they spend about four million dollars an episode on Daredevil. They spend about one million dollars or one and a half million dollars an episode on Arrow, from what I understand. Yeah, which may be why he doesn't get a stunt double. Which is, <laughs> or a CGI double. Yeah, right. Damn, Barry gets that. Um, Here's Daredevil. So apparently, he's gonna have he's a CGI devil. He's gonna have he's double devil. Yeah. So apparently, he has salt and pepper hair now. What? Just in general? He uh, put up. A, Amel put up a selfie of himself with salt and pepper hair. Uh-huh. He's got gray hairs and stuff. And he wrote, excited to de- debut my suddenly salt and pepper hair in the season premiere. I heard, I read a story that said that he's got to shave it over the summer. The character shaves it over the summer and it comes back salt and pepper, which would be stupid. I'm hoping it's a time jump. I, no, that's <laughs> not stupid. I disagree about the stupid. Uh, it's, it's stupid that he doesn't already have gray hairs. Uh-huh. I mean, stress creates gray hairs. I firmly believe mm-hmm. it. Um, since we've gotten to the, the like the color era of uh, being able to take photos and videos of people mm-hmm. um, over a series of years, go back and find any president on day one of his like on, on inauguration. I know. I know. Shit makes gray hairs, man. 
Doesn't take long. I know it does. I know. Um, I would think. I just don't think he would go completely Jay Leno over the course of the summer. I just don't. Not Jay especially, Leno. Especially, especially since Oliver has already been running like hell over the last few seasons. Like, he's already known more stress than any president would know. That being said, like I was, uh, I, personally, I was 12 years old, and you could blind yourself if you stood right behind me at the right angle on a bright summer day. I mean, my hair was, like, Eminem wouldn't have been able to dye his hair the way that mine actually naturally existed. And then mm-hmm. by 13, I, I had brown hair. That's real weird. I don't know. I, just, oh, I saw I the know. pictures of you as a kid. I went, who the hell is that? Right? And, um, you know, I don't, it, it, it changes. changes quickly sometimes. Yeah. All right. Well, Follicle um, revolutions. Uh, Fight the power. Sounds like a Guggenheim argument to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Mark. Um, <laughs> I think that's the first time you've ever said that. And of course, Got it's going to be a two hour, two and a half hour episode at the very end of it where you're like, I got you, Mark. You and me win. Yeah, man. Good The you. one time in the history of the show, no one's going to hear it. No, no one cares anymore. <laughs> oh, man. So apparently they're changing the arrow costume again. Yeah, that's all. They're saying it's a slightly modified version. Um, and addressing the Flashpoint paradox story, he says it could, it certainly could affect our show. Um, Chad L. Coleman is joining Arrow. Walking Dead uh, star Chad L. Coleman is going to be playing um, Tobias Church, mm-hmm. who is apparently uniting various criminal organizations in Star City under his command. So, bad guy. I, I mean, guessing. I'm sure he could. That dude's giant. Mm-hmm. Just... I would actually like to see him and Diggle standing next to each other. Do what? I would actually like to see him and Diggle standing next to each other. Because Diggle, to oh. me, is just, he's a giant creature. Compared mm. to everybody else on Walking Dead, this guy looks like a giant creature. And I haven't looked up either of their, yeah. like, their, their physical stats, but kind of wondering if we get a side-by-side yeah. of these I've, guys. I've been reading on the internet, and I think Squadcast said it as well, that they think it might be uh, Tobias Whale. Hmm. He might be Tobias Whale. They just didn't want to call him Whale. Yeah. Well, they they you know. they saw they saw how much they saw how much Target got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like, we'll we'll call him something else. We're gonna back off just a little bit. All right. So Arrow season five is apparently also adding Artemis. Yes. Uh, the Madison McLaughlin girl who played Evelyn Sharp. Uh, she's reprising the character, and uh, they're apparently gonna make her Artemis. Um, who was from Young Justice. She was based loosely on uh, Arrowette from the Young Justice comic book, which mm-hmm. Artemis is such a better name than Arrowette. Mm-hmm. So I'll take it. In the comic, she was the uh, or a, she was the daughter of, uh, I guess on Young Justice, she was the daughter of villain Sportsmaster and Tigress. Correct. And uh, became Green Arrow's sidekick. Um, so they're probably going to be setting her on a similar path. It was, it was, it was genuinely wonderful. Mm-hmm. God. I've yet to see Young Justice. I know. Um, so this is just me like adding to my heap of, of uh, my, my chorus of voices saying, oh, man, it was, right. it was fantastic. Carve out about 28 hours and knock, knock this out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, over on Legends of Tomorrow, Maisie Richardson Sellers is going to be playing the grandmother of the vixen we all know mm-hmm. from, uh, from Arrow and her own animated series. Uh, Aptly titled Vixen. Playing, hmm? Aptly yeah. titled Vixen. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. She's going to be playing Amaya Joie and uh, the grandmother of Mary McCabe, Mari McCabe. And uh, she's going to have the same powers. Yay. And 
Apparently going to also have the Vixen moniker, I guess, they say. Um, I saw an interview with uh, with Alan Tudyk, Vanessa Hudgens, and Danny Pudi. Awesome. And uh, it was kind of fun and funny, and um, they were just kind of talking about their characters. Nothing really new. The only thing that new that came out was Alan Tudyk said that Jack O'Lantern was in the was in the Powerless show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I know you're messing. He didn't with say it. which one. No, 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 no. He he's like, he wasn't messing with you. He didn't say which one, to, but uh, you know, apparently there's going to be someone with a mystical lantern ring around. I don't. Um, <laughs> That'll be fun. They released. They released us another main characters from Krypton. Yeah. There's a uh, Segel or Segel envisioned here as an athletic, quietly confident, and in his twenties comic fan. Uh, comic fans are familiar with uh, an older and grumpier Sedge. I guess I'm going to say what I'm going to say from an appearance in the classic Starman number fifty one. Um, apparently, uh, yeah, Goyer's still involved. He's an executive producer on Krypton. Uh, Sedge is a good guy at any age. In the comics, he and son Jor-El helped Starman get away while other Kryptonians wanted to detain and dissect the Earthling. There's uh, Lita Zod, a 20-something beauty who will likely have some familial tie to Superman's future foe, General Zod, while she herself is a reluctant warrior. Uh, Val-El, Sedge's genius grandpa, uh, defied death by going into the Phantom Zone and is a staunch believer in space, in space exploration. Um, Allura Zod, Lita's mom, happens to bear the same name as Zara, Zor, uh, Kara Zor-El's mother on Supergirl, while Zod, mm-hmm. while Zod always raises an eyebrow because of that whole Neil Before thing. Uh, Dev sure. M, if anything is going to survive Krypton's inevitable fate, it'll be this chiseled 20-something bad boy. In the comics, Dev escapes the doomed planet, abuses Superboy on Earth, and eventually becomes an ally of the Legion of Superheroes in the 30th century. And Terrell, Sedge's father, we didn't get him to play Supergirl's Man of Steel, but maybe Tom Welling could play Clark's great-grandfather on Krypton, it says. Um, <laughs> I doubt it. Um, I, I, I don't know if this was... Hmm? I want to go with the no. Yeah. So uh, production on the pilot is apparently supposed to begin in Montreal later in the summer. Um, WB I'm... is going to be bringing 21 series to Comic-Con this year. Uh, the 100 Animaniacs Live. I don't know what that is. I looked into it so hard and I couldn't find I... it. Oh, that's a confusing concept, but yeah. Uh-huh. Arrow, The Big Bang Theory, Blindspot, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, The Flash, Frequency, Gotham, Justice League Action, iZombie, Lucifer, The Originals, People of Earth, Powerless, Riverdale, Supergirl, Supernatural, Teen Titans Go, and Time After Time, and or The Vampire Diaries. Um, They're going to be bringing cast members and all of that, so I mean, if you want to see all that, you you need to go and get you some tickets to Comic-Con. They're going to be showing a whole bunch of pilots, so... Mm Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, Telltale is hoping to have all five episodes of Batman, their Batman game out by the year's end. They still haven't said when it's coming out, um, but they are aiming to have it out by the end of December. Um, But uh, uh, Job J. Stauffer uh, says that if there's anything, any small thing comes in the way, (laughs) it'll probably be bumped to January. The slightest delay could bump it to January. Dear God. Uh huh. Um, so if you live in the East Rutherford, New Jersey area, mm-hmm. or feel like going out there, you can take a ride on the old Batcopter from the Adam West movie and series. 
Um, it's, it's apparently uh, owned and operated by the Knock family. Yeah. And uh, they're going to be at the State Fair, uh, State Fair Meadowlands in East Rutherford, New Jersey, uh, just across from the Hudson Ri- uh, from the Hudson River. Yeah. And they're going to be offering rides for fans between now and July 10th. Um, the only exception being Sunday, June 26th, when the fair is dark for MetLife uh, for the International Soccer Tournament at MetLife Stadium. Uh, the rides are fifty dollars per person, and they're also selling T-shirts. Uh, <laughs> uh, you might want to keep sake, I guess, if you ride in the bi- in the bat copter. Um, for me, that would be like also... a, a, a I don't know. That'd be me like defeating my fear. Right. But um, for God's sake, I would ride in that chopper. And I'm assuming I'm on record as saying that I am just just terrified by by uh, mm-hmm. flying. So um, absolutely, me too. I would still get in that fucking chopper. Yeah. Now they're they're gonna be at they're gonna be back at Cliff uh, Galbraith's Monsters and Robots show in Somerset, New Jersey, mm-hmm. uh, eight twenty seven and eight twenty eight. It will not be flying, but you can go and hang out and get pictures of it. Um, it's gonna be at Rotors and Ribs Fly In in Goshen, Indiana, July fifteenth and sixteenth. Uh, flying rides available. Cleveland mm-hmm. National Air Show, September 3rd through the 5th, flying, no rides. Cincinnati Comic Expo, September 23rd through the 25th, not flying. And Thunder Over Michigan Air Show outside of Detroit, August 20th through the 21st, uh, rides available uh, and uh, and flying, obviously. So um, that does it for our sh- for our news. Oh, all right, so now, so now you and I just privately discuss when we're going to steal the Bat Chopper. I... I'll be honest with you, the notion of sitting in the Batcopter for fear that it would actually accidentally take off is so great. You may have misunderstood my intentions. even be interested in stealing the damn thing. No, no, no. Land heist. Land heist. (laughs) Just dissemble it piece by piece, eh? Nope. All we need is like a a forklift and a flatbed truck. Uh Uh-huh. It'll never take off again, but it'll be ours. And we need some sort of public storage facility that won't ask a lot of goddamn questions. Mm-hmm. The only forklift I'm interested in, in messing with is the when I lift my fork to my face. I mean, macaroni and cheese or something. I get such that, on it. but for like a bat copter, <laughs> I think I can handle those controls. You know what? I'm pretty good. I can just go down to Walmart. They have a they have like a you know a small bat copper that'll fit in my desk. It's a replica, <laughs> and um, probably doesn't smell like Adam West ass. So, I can and, get it for like right. ten bucks. You, uh, where did you say the 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 batcopter is right now? Um, the batcopter is currently uh, in East East Rutherford, New Jersey. Okay, uh, that's a good fourteen hundred mile journey from Alabama. Um, it is. We uh, cannot be expected to do that in a forklift, so we'll have to rent one there, which will create a paper trail. We'll have to deal with that. That's a whole that's a whole thing. So we need to create an identity. Um, we can we can maybe take care of those things if we can get just that and a forklift. I'm telling maybe you, maybe two forklifts because we have to like edge it up a little bit and get it back right. on, and then um, we're gonna have to ask we're gonna have to ask Chris to to find a flatbed that's off the off the books mm-hmm. to truck it back somewhere. Um, I uh, I assume he has a CDL, I've, so hopefully he'll uh, yeah. know how to operate a forklift. So sure. if we can well, just well maybe kind of a CDL, but um we we can just. Pray he knows how to operate a fork. Frankly, we're we're gonna we're gonna say let's just set everything up and hope Chris can steal this thing for us. Mm-hmm. That's that's what this comes down to. And then we'll spend like 
I don't know, what do you say, a week and a half hiding it and being too afraid to fly it before the authorities eventually show up? Mm. I was, uh... Maybe nine days I, at the outside here. I really like my idea of going to Walmart and just buying the damn thing for $10. Oh, sure. Putting it on my desk. Well, sure. But then we can't experience the joy of sitting in it without actually having to go up in it. Because <laughs> I'd be happy to sit in it and go... Like, it makes sounds with my, 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 uh, my mouth. Yeah, yeah. I could see it. Seems like a lot of trouble, though. Oh, which is why we'll never do it. That's... We're way too lazy for any kind of shenanigans like that. I'm too busy uh, posting news to the Facebook page. Damn straight. Facebook.com forward slash DC on screen. Wink. Or just go to Facebook and type stuff in. Wink, wink. We're almost we're almost to 4,000. Getting there. Woo. Or almost to 3,500, I guess. <laughs> Moving on up. So, um, guess what happened? Mm-hmm. Our friend Scott Madison started his new podcast. Oh, the Next Time cast. Yep, it is called Next Time. You can find it on uh, SoundCloud as of this moment. He just put up his first episode, and uh, so you guys should really go and and you know listen to him. It's a good show. Yep. Also, it is uh, our buddies. Uh, it's the molder to our Jacob Scully, Raspberry. I would say. What? Uh, Scott's, I would say, is the molder to our Scully. Oh, sure, sure, absolutely. Um, <laughs> right. But you know who the Skinner to our Scully is? Screensplosion? Steve West. Ah. Steve West and Jacob Raspberry over at Screensplosion, yeah. Mm-hmm. They uh they put on a fine show. It's like all entertainment news, though. They're just talking about all sorts of stuff, like movies and TVs. They they ain't got a cape. They ain't got to have a cape involved. They talk about capes sometimes, but they don't have to. Um, <laughs> I mean, I do, but yeah. I, mean, I you, have you standards and, I were, and stuff. We're niche. We're niche and, you know... They're mainstream. I speak of gods, Dave. Yeah. Well, not everyone can go so epic with their... Mm-hmm. They do too, though. They talk about they talk about Marvel and DC, both. Yeah. But not like we do. Not as in-depth. And they don't say the F word nearly as much. Yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not suitable <laughs> for work. If, if we didn't explain that up front, I apologize. <laughs> it was a couple of hours just... of, of you pissing off your coworkers if you were like, Hanging right. out. Frankly, I don't know how you're still employed at this point. It, like, it doesn't take that right. long to have thrown us on, gotten in trouble, and gotten fired. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would give money, real money, and probably a lot of it, to just be like a fly on the wall as like a boss called, like somebody's boss called them into their office and said, "No, what's this I hear about bat wieners and potato peelers?" Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and to hear them try to explain that no they were listening to just it was just a batman podcast it was just a dc podcast dc comics podcast yeah uh, what kind of a dc podcast <laughs> i'd be particularly Threatens interested to, if if someone just started yeah. their explanation out with well here's what you missed right like that well, person see, Dave that said person that, is uh <laughs> that person's a hero to my heart like <laughs> you, you're you're called in and uh you know, uh, uh, called to account on like, okay, I heard these words and these words, and and somebody walks in and goes, okay, I apologize that you didn't understand what was happening, but let me ex- right. let me explain to you what went down and what you've missed. It's a man after my own heart. Oh yeah, I forgot there was some other news. Of course there was. Justice League action. Oh yeah, they put out a poster with for all it. The amazing voices. They put out a poster. 
And then the corner of the poster was freaking space cabby. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I mean, this dude has saved Superman's life. Sure. He dealt with Lobo. He's done time travel. Yeah. He's taken cabby. You know, he's developed a reputation for a guy that could get you anywhere, including the past. That sounds right. Space cabby from the 22nd century, y'all. Dear good God. I don't know why, but that really excited me. It's like if someone had shown you a poster of of anything that was going to happen on Brave and the Bold before you would have got it. (gasps) Oh, my God. I can't believe Actually, he was. When they canceled the the Brave and the Bold comic Mm -hmm. tie-in, they actually did. They, like, they had Batmite pissed off that it was getting canceled and was like, hey, we could have, look at all the opportunities we're missing. We could have had Space Cabby. And they did, like, a Space Cabby thing. I I can't think of a better way to phrase this. Of fucking, of, of fucking course they did. (laughs) <laughs> oh yep paul Rubens space cabby they're gonna have space cabby they better they damn well better have ambush bug floating around there somewhere guy well it just seems natural oh man are we calling it is this calling it? it calling it that's the been end a, been a lot of news it was a lot of news i'm sorry I always hope for some some you know really funny ridiculous stuff, but well, there's at least been this week. a little bit of bullshit from our end. Hopefully that was entertaining, yeah. but it's been a lot yeah. of news. Been a lot of news. Yeah. So uh, we love you guys. If, if whoever and you know whoever made it to the end of this I, and I whatever, not trying to be exclusionary. Yeah. No. Yeah. If you're if you're a robot or a some a, place unknown, more than sentient chimp or. Whatever has found its way <laughs> to this cast. Are you out there listening, Detective Chimp? Sure. Cyborg Chimps. Absolutely we accept Cyborg Chimps as listeners and applaud them. We do. If you, you know, know people who just like to stick something on for their animals during the day while they're gone at work, I recommend DC On Screen. Sure. You can find every episode at DCOnScreen.com as well as on iTunes and Stitcher and wherever pods are caught. Kick punchers We're proud welcome. members of the... Ju- we are proud members of the Giant Size Team Up Network, if that does anything for you. GiantSizeTeamUp.com. A lot of great shows over there. They are. Until next week. I don't know what we're going to be covering. I think we covered everything that's ever been ever. I, I, I don't know. They ever. dropped so damn much this week. I, I can't imagine what they held in their ba- like other pocket, but <laughs> we'll see. All right. Um, <laughs> until next time, guys. Keep some DC on your screen. Yeah.